you getting yourself ready for our show? Guys, we have one hell of a show lined up for you. Bobby Rose Beef here for Jigs and Bigs. We got something awesome all set up, ready for you. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We have two guests this week in our show. We got uh, Doug Souza from the Springfield Sportsman Show. We're going to check in with him, find out some of this cool stuff that we have uh, lined up for the uh, Springfield Sportsman Show coming up at the end of February. Uh, we also have great info to pass along about the uh, upcoming 2024 season of the multi-species scavenger hunt that's going on on Fishing Chaos. You're not going to want to miss out on that. We have some news about uh, how 2023 was in fishing terms for uh, Massachusetts. How did we fare? Were there any real bigs caught? We'll find out. We're going to review what the records are for the state. We have Mark Serrano from Heat Your Meat in the official beef seat this week. We're going to talk all things Heat Your Meat. Let's just go ahead and say it's going to get spicy this week. I got all kinds of great stuff lined up for you. I got Sean the Fisherman with us. I got, who the fuck is Joe Brown in the house? We are all caffeinating and trying to hold this shit together, guys. We got one hell of a fuck this guy for you this week that you're not going to want to miss, guys. We'll see you in a bit. Don't go too far. Much more Jigs and Bigs action coming up right after this. You know, I would say considering that I legitimately woke up 58 minutes ago and here we are, uh, that that like fake energy sounded pretty good. I would say I'm going to give myself one of these. I got mugs on mugs on mugs, baby. Um, Let's talk, dudes. How has your week been? How have you uh, recovered from that post 200th show glow that we had? I had a recovered. <laughs> recovered. <laughs> recovered. Um, I, uh, I, the two on the show was awesome. Thank you, uh, to everybody involved. Um, I have a shit ton of prizes. I still need to get, uh, logged. I've been trying to put together a chart of who won what. And some of that does include going back and listening to the descriptions in the show of the prizes. So I know because some of the things like the pictures, we have a bunch of pictures and I'm like, who got what? So that's why I'm trying to like figure out what goes where, um, man, what a, what a freaking crazy week. Uh, it was, uh, it was a good show, but there's always like that low after like a, a big event. You know what I mean? There's like, there's a dip on the back end. You pack everything up and we left. Um, we do have, uh, some inform more information about the show, but we'll get that, uh, get to that in the second segment. Um, this week was wild because Monday happened and I just kind of hit the ground running. Like I have had a fire under my ass about trying to get as many people signed up for the 2024, uh, multi-species scavenger hunt series that's starting in April. And I just want to get the word out so we can have as many people going out and 
and doing this as possible. In fact, that's sort of going to be my MO at the Sportsman Show is talking a lot about that, some of the changes and stuff. And uh, we're, we're doing our part to kind of make that happen. So I've been putting together, like, uh, creating a, a shit ton of content. Only a fraction of it has been released. I've got prizes that have been coming. I've been prepping for the next big show for Jigs and Bigs. Joe and I, we're going to be at the Columbus Expo uh, with Dark Horse Tackle at their booth. I'm going to be recording yep. and creating a shit ton of stuff there. That's going to be awesome. Joe, there may be some, some – this might be a little bit of – you might be going through a, a second era of boot camp in a way as far as learning how to engineer and record some shit because you – you might end up recording some stuff by yourself, I, 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 unless yeah. they're going to install a shitter like right there. Uh, and I don't know that Zach's yeah. that good for plumbing. <laughs> we we might even get weird and have uh, have Meg break out the uh, the camera and do some uh, video as well. Oh, absolutely, we should a hundred percent. There's going to be, and I know we're going to be doing some live streaming and stuff, especially when we don't have like a guest that we're recording in the seat. Uh, we're going to have plenty of stuff going on, and I'm I'm stoked. I've been talking with folks about. Uh, I think J- uh, John Hagens was recently uh, messaged me, and uh, he'll be he'll be over at the at the uh, the Columbus show. Roadkill Nick's going to be there. Um, there is talk that some of our past guests that are in the Med- Midwest will be uh, making their way over there, and I'm just stoked. I- I'm really excited. I think that the the old fields event is uh is going to be amazing that's on saturday uh february the 10th and it's uh starting at seven o'clock what we're going to do is just kind of have like a real loose kind of casual social hour let folks get like gathered in and um that's a good opportunity if you want to get your if you haven't been entered into the the raffle or the giveaway um to get yourself entered so we'll have a screen up that'll be displaying a qr code you can enter and everything but you could actually enter right now if you're not going to be there because this giveaway slash raffle is uh well it's open to everybody so you don't even have to be there much like the 200th show and we've already had some folks um getting their tickets already which is awesome so there is a link uh on jigsandbigs.com uh there's a, a little banner uh, about the columbus uh raffle entries uh and there's also on our instagram profile uh in our link the link in our bio there on our link tree you can go ahead and click that sucker and it's twenty dollars per ticket you get 40 entries into the raffle so you can buy multiples do what you want to do it's going to be really 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 good um Vidal chimes in right here. He goes, hey, any reviews on that Reaction Tackle backpack? That's coming, Vidal. It is. I just need more bank fishing weather. Um, Really, that's what that's going to get used for. I've been kind of outfitting a little bit. I've been thinking about maybe doing a video and putting a reel together to uh, put on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook so that, you know, you guys can get see how I'm I'm setting it up and everything, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, And there's no, like, putting it to the test fishing-wise because I'll tell you what, today I went outside, it was, it's nine degrees when I woke up and took the dogs out. Like if you need anything engraved, guys, my nipples are available and like I can uh, glass work, you name it. You want your truck pinstriped? You got a nice new truck, Joe. You want some nice pinstriping on it? I got you. <laughs> probably right. not. Probably not. You know, you don't need, you don't need fucking, you know, if you're, if you're calling anybody to get topless, it's topless Timmy Jakes. You know, I think that's what it's all right. about. Um, Topless Timmy Jakes has been in touch. He was like, I heard I won something. I was like, oh, you won something. All right. But don't you even think about putting it, wearing it during your fish pictures. Don't even think about it. Because we, I still have your calendars, boys. I have both of your calendars. Yeah. yeah. So I got to I gotta get you your calendars because that's, that's a thing. Um, yeah. For those that don't know, uh, there is an official uh, Jigs and Bigs uh, 
<laughs> Jigs and Bigs fishing report team topless Timmy Jake's calendar that has been coming out pretty regularly. Oh, look at this. You know this guy, Joe. Hitting the ice. Look at that. Enjoy, enjoy that. There are folks out on the ice, um, which is yep. kind of insane because it's it, 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 it's it's not up to my standards. We'll say where I'm comfortable yeah. going and getting out on the yeah. ice. Um, it's a little bit too early, and it's supposed to warm up. The last I heard, uh, as as the week goes on, so I, I don't know. I don't know how long this is going to stay. Uh, yeah, for. I don't think we're going to hold on to the ice very long. I might have fishable ice in my house. I have to check. Mm-hmm. If I can ever get a chance to, yeah, the, uh, it's been it's been locked up pretty good the past few days. So, yeah, that's exactly it. Like it's past couple of days have looked pretty pretty solid. I had gone out. Well, let's just do the weekend review. Find out. I'll go ahead and start. I have a uh, this week. Like I said, I've been working on on a lot of stuff for the Columbus show and put the the tickets together for the the raffle entries and everything. And I, I did. I got another question uh, when I released the link. It's like, dude, why are you doing all of the ticket sales and everything on Eventbrite. And I was like, it's because I need a platform where people have to give me their email address so I can send them the prize. If they flake on that and they just buy the tickets, I'm going to feel like a piece of shit because I don't necessarily know who it is. So this is one of those deals where it works out really well. So I'm just using that platform because it's what I'm comfortable with. And it gives me all of the information about the folks that are purchasing tickets. And the nice thing is, as an order comes in, if I'm like, I'm not sure who this person is or if they buy multiples or something like that, they're, you know, doing them from, you know, uh, what do you call it, for for multiple people, I can reach out and adjust the raffle so that the names are the right way. That's what I did for the 200 show, and it worked great. All of the names were, were all worked out. In fact, some of the names where I was like, do you want me to use your real name or do you want me to use your Instagram handle or, or, or such and such or, or in the case of cinnamon rim jobs your trivia team name shit like that so i can kind of customize a little bit which i like i like custom shit um i did go out yesterday and record some content an an unboxing for reaction tackle uh reaction tackle this week sent a package over and uh, we're doing something cool over at the old field show um reaction tackle gave me about 50 or 60 of these small spools of braid there's 10 pound, 20 pound. And I think there's a few 30 pound, uh, spools in there as well. And what, the, what, you know, Cody had asked me to do, he was like, Hey, at your show, he's like, could we use these as like a promotional item? And I said, absolutely. You can like, go ahead. And I said, we'll give it a cute little name and everything. I go, let's call it the reaction tackle braid challenge. And, uh, I had recorded some stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, dude, when, when, when Sean, the fisherman, puts the check on the box of reaction tackle braid. I feel like that says something because Sean, Sean can be pretty particular about the items that he uses, you know, and that's a good filter. I think that's a really good filter to kind of get some good info. Um, so I had uh, I had done a little unboxing there. I had uh, decided there was a trail that I kind of wanted to check out that goes through a tiny little area uh, near us. And I just kind of was like, let's go play in the snow. So I, I you know, put the forerunner in four-wheel drive, and we, uh, we had gone through. But I had gone by the Connecticut River, and I did see some people around Oxbow on the ice. And I'm like, they're going to die, is immediately what I thought. Did they have planks like two by sixes bridging the gap? I couldn't. The shore and I the, thought of the that. Ice? I was like, I was like, do they have a bunch of like of uh, what do you call them? Um, t- pallets laying down on the ice to kind of make a bridge getting out there. Like what's going on? And I couldn't see any, anything like that. I mean, I will say this much. They had gear all over the place. So they very well might've been walking on lumber to get there. 
Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I just, it's not, it's one of those things where I'm not necessarily thinking I'm going to be getting on the ice. Like, I need to know, you know, I've got to get reports of like a good solid six inches before I'm like, all right, yeah, let's go and uh, let's go get on the ice. Let's do it. That's what she said. That's very true. Uh, what else did I do this week? I mean, I worked, I worked my ass off this week. I was all over the place. Um, had a uh, amazing uh, week of trivia, which is awesome. Um, I do have, man, and I have all kinds of crazy bookings coming up. Like I got a bunch of random dates I've got to take off for other stuff and there are all types of different games. So I'm okay. So I've been buried as far as work goes. Um, this week on my agenda, I want to get some folks um, out. Uh, I want to get prizes started to get shipped out to folks because there are some folks that are all around the country I need to ship to 100%. The local ones, I actually would rather just drop it off. You know, if I can, if I can make it a point to to get them out there, I'd much, much rather do that. Dan Griffin's reporting four to five inches in uh, central mass. They're getting there. Also what she said. Also what she said. I, I think that uh, that we're, we're getting there. But I, again, like with the way that the weather has been up and down, who knows? You know, uh, right now this is ice making weather, but is it going to stick around? And how long is it going to be safe for? I'm 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 not 100 percent sure, but uh you know, let's go ahead. We'll dive into your weeks, guys. How, how 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 have you been? How's everything been? Good. Uh, been doing a lot of scheduling and trying to figure out what tournaments I'm going to do and oh, when. There. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So I'm going to do a couple. I think I'm going to do a trip in maybe even next month. Uh, probably one in March, maybe April down south. So we'll see. Nice, dude. It hitting AB some ABA um, tournaments and thinking about doing uh, thinking about doing one or two MLF tournaments as well. Really, we'll no shit, dude. Yeah, sweet. Yep. When um, now because you were in last year's ABA championship, does that open mm -hmm. up some of the potential that you have to enter some of these remote things? Like, did you need to qualify there in order to get to that mm -hmm. next step? Yeah. So. <clears throat> I made uh, so there's a there's a league. It's a it's a top one uh, top one fifty solo. Uh, mm -hmm. I made that. Um, oh, no unfortunately, cool. they're just like uh, they're all over the country. So yeah. I I can't really you know make make too many of them this year. Um, I'm going to try to two of those is uh, what I'm trying to get into is uh, as well as their pro their new pro series that they launched this year. Mm -hmm. um, which uh, you also need to qualify for, which I did last year. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, um, I'm gonna try to hit uh, maybe Chickamauga. Um, nice. Yeah, uh, I might go hit Hartwell again, and you know, a couple others. We'll see. If you're gonna f uh, be in Chickamauga, if it makes sense, you should hit up Talk and Tackle for your lodging. Oh yeah, that tackle yeah, that's shop. True. You you would yeah. love that. You're gonna you would walk in and you'd be like, "Fuck, it's like OGO, but like with you know." living space and like yeah beer, yeah you know it's yeah. like holy shit yeah it's it, awesome it's pretty slick yeah you'll it'll give you nostalgia vibes for sure um, oh yeah yep it's freaking dynamite that's awesome dude yeah it is this is the time of the year where you're going to start looking at the calendar and saying hey these are the things yep. that are going on i have to get on that and and start getting some trips concrete the only thing that i've got concrete right now is my trip to jordan lake uh, with uh, mm -hmm. the, the the jabber hammer, which is which is awesome. By the way, speaking of the jabber hammer, did you guys listen to the uh, Easter egg at the end of uh, last week's episode? 
I did not. Oh no, God, it was too. great. It was so good. It's so good. It's a nice little little message from us. And and I don't know if no, I'm pretty sure he did out himself as drinking some white claw surges around the campfire. That's the other thing about the Jabberhammer. He's been out camping lately. Paul has been like in the woods. I, I, I'm wondering if everything's okay. Like if his wife kicked him out, like what's going on? Because he, he's been out in the woods constantly. He's like, oh yeah, he was doing like a jet boil, like review and shit like that. Freaking it's uh, shit. That's right up my alley. I'm like, there we go. That's fucking awesome. So that's about the only thing that's like really like super, super concrete. As far as having dates goes, my February is getting fucked. Like I have so much work coming in. It's crazy. But how about you, Sean? What's going on with you? A lot of basketball this week, uh, and one of it, one of the little adventures I had with basketball tied into fishing—a hair, just a hair, or just a, a nipple. Okay, a nipple. Just a nipple. Because um, a couple nights ago, I had to go scout a game for a team we may or may not see down the road. Just so happens that team was playing at uh, at the school that uh, topless Timmy Jakes is oh, the uh, okay. trainer for. So I, I got in and beelined for him and I haven't seen him in a long time. He's uh he's actually doing well, just getting over some, you know, respiratory Illnesses. stuff like most of the country. Yep. But I haven't seen Tim in a long time. And um no, it's good to good to chat with him for a bit. Yep. Um other than that, I mean, congrats to my the, the high school team that uh that I'm 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 gonna I'm on the coaching staff for. They uh punched their ticket to the state tournament for their division, which was nice. And then nice. uh the fifth graders got a wake up call because they got put in an upper division and they're getting their asses handed to them. And I told them that you got to try. That, that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. We're at, we're at practice learning stuff. Don't just say, Hey, I'm going to do my own fucking thing on the court. And uh, yeah, we're, we're learning some lessons, but no, other than that, it's uh it's been just busy running around trying to prep for spring, but not happening. And yeah, see how this goes. Nice. You know? Fucking a man. Yeah. I, I spoke to Tim and he told me he was uh, under the weather, which sucked, which is actually a big reason why he wasn't able to make the, the 200th show, which to be perfectly honest, was uh, a big reason why there were a number of folks that had tickets that weren't able to make it. So that that was uh, that that's this is the time of year, though, man. It just fucking sucks. Um, I will say this: one of the things that I had thought about over the last week, and it crossed my mind, really, like even the next day after the event, you know, is one thing that. Uh, Always happens when you do these events. You get that influx of messages of folks that weren't able to make it. They're like, dude, con or congratulations. We'll see you at the 300th. Well, you know what? I'm fucking sick of having to wait two years to do these events. I really am. I'm sick of having to wait two years in order to do these because it just puts all of this, like, ridiculous, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, there's too much of a gap I find in between. So I think what we're going to do instead is this. Um I'm going to start planning for an annual Jigs and Bigs holiday party. Take advantage of the season. We're going to streamline some stuff. We learned a few things. You know, we I, I think it was 2020, Sean, when, when I first brought up the idea of doing a game dinner at some point. I don't think that's a platform. You know, I, I just don't think it's a platform. I think, uh, truthfully, I think it's a little too expensive to be able to throw that ticket out, at, especially at that time of year. I mean, you know, based on when we started the show, yeah. when we hit those monuments, uh, you know, milestones, like it's just going to be too expensive of a ticket. I know that that's why that that this like the, on a promotions level, this was an A plus for getting the word out. Everybody knew about this. Do you know that our ticket, our ticket sales page was viewed? Over 3,500 times. 
Awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. Over 3,500 times, which is 100 times more than the actual tickets that were sold. So, like, the advertising and the promotion was there. It was 100% just like it. So, I'm chalking this last bit up to an experiment. We had our little experiment. Now we're going to go back to something that we know that works. So the uh, first um, Jigs and Bigs annual holiday party is going to be at uh, back at Nathan Bills. And uh, we're going to streamline the, the food situation and significantly reduce the ticket cost. And uh, I think that it'll be a good thing. It'll be kind of fun. And we may incorporate like a white elephant, uh, you know, uh, element to the room or something like that. A Yankee swap, maybe. Who knows? It's just going to be fun. It'll be a good time. So. Hey, it is what it is. Um, so we'll have information. You know, you, you're probably going to be hearing about this like about sometime in early fall, you know, as far as what the date is and everything else, because because Bobby Rose Beef likes to be on this shit. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to I've been doing some tweaking. Um, I don't know if you guys have listened to the show, but I actually think that the audio, um, aside from some of the mic feedbacking shit, and that's mic technique stuff, we can work on that. I think the audio actually came out really, really good. So I have a really, really strong feeling about this Oldfield show, recording everything right there. I think this is going to be unbelievable. In fact, there is a lot of possibility that I'll be just selecting a guest from the Dark Horse Tackle booth. Like if we get like a really, really good interview uh, that's just, you know, fun and like, I don't know, I'm going to sit down with an hour, hour and a half with any one specific guest, but I might string something together like we did for the Sportsman Show. And we're going to have something pretty awesome set up there too. So you guys aren't going to have to sit through that. You're going to have to listen to the actual show once it's done, but that's some good shit. Um, Let's talk, guys. Massachusetts fishing. And I kind of wanted to talk about this because... There's a lot of folks that have this, and even folks in the Northeast that'll say, oh, I caught this fish. It's a, That's really good. And they put a little qualifier there like for New England or for Massachusetts or for whatever. And, you know, there was a story that came across. This was just yesterday. It caught my attention. And my former employer, WWLP, Channel 22, had uh, put a story out um, saying that the uh, – the headline was was Massachusetts was the rec- was the Massachusetts record for largest fish caught broken in 2023 and uh, this story goes like this every year the Massachusetts Department of Fish- Fisheries and Wildlife reports record sized fish caught throughout the state in 2022 four record sized fish were caught and three of those were caught in western Massachusetts however mass wildlife told 22 news that there were no reports of record sized fish caught in 2023 Last year was a chaotic year for fishing with the constant flooding throughout the summer along local rivers. If you think you've caught a record-sized fish, you can report it to Mass Wildlife, but there are some strict rules to follow for catch and release. The fish must be measured at the location that it was caught and photographed next to a measuring device. The fish must then be released. The photo must show a clear side view of the fish flat against a clearly labeled measuring device. Make sure the whole fish is in the photo or it may be disqualified. Any photos edited or altered in any way will be disqualified. Photos of catfish and bullheads must also include a photo of the top of the fish. All photos must be submitted within 30 days of catching said fish. So, um... 
they gave a list of the state record for the largest freshwater fish ever caught for catch and release records. Um, now, Sean had, had noted that there are a couple that are in here that look like they're they predate those records. I, I don't know how they factored that in there. So let's we're going to put a little, uh, you know, there, there may be some some wiggle room one way or another on how uh, the accurate dates or, or whatnot. So let's go ahead and, and, and dive into it, because uh, like these are all alphabetical and there's a bunch of ties in here as well. Um American Shad starts it off at 25 inches caught in the Chicopee River in Granby by Paul Bouchain, uh, Paul Bouchain Jr. back in 2017. Um, that's a big ass shad. That's a, a much bigger shad than I would have expected to uh, see in the Connecticut up that far. But uh, I, I suppose it, it did happen. Um, then we've got a tie for Bofin. Um We've got one bowfin coming in, at, or both of them coming in at 32 inches. One of them caught in Oxbow Pond in East Hampton by David D. Simone in 2021. And then a year later, we had a 32-inch bowfin caught in the Connecticut River by in, in Northampton by Will Pellerin in 22. Um, we know Will uh, you know, from the show. So I think he's the only name that actually sticks out on here of, of folks that we know. Um, and I know that Will is like the Bofin Whisperer. That's kind of how I, in my mind, how I file him away. Um, that's his thing. Uh, we got a tie for, uh, oh, we got oh, two Brook Trout. Now, this is interesting. So we have, oh, no, I'm sorry. I need to read. We have one Brook, Brook Trout, one Brown. We got Brook Trout at 20.75 inches caught in the Swift River by David D. Simone in 2021. Uh, a Brown Trout coming in at 32 inches caught at uh, Littleville Reservoir in Huntington by David D. Simone. That was in 2020. Um, for as far as Bullhead's concerned, 21.5 inches. That's fucking enormous. Caught in Oxford. Big. Yeah, that's huge. Roger Aziz Jr., that was in 21. Um, I'm familiar with that body of water. Never would have expected it. That's I would have never expected a bullhead that size. That's enormous. But, I mean, I suppose uh, carp, we, we were just talking about this list and, and where they were going to top out at. The, the longest carp was 44 inches long, caught in the Connecticut River in South Hadley by Kenneth Langdon, uh, Langdon rather, in 21. Uh, chain pickerel comes in at 28.75 inches caught in Leverett Pond by David D. Simone uh, in uh, 2020. Um, I've, I've heard they have pike there. Uh, Channel catfish. <laughs> Channel cat comes in at 34.5 inches uh, caught in the Connecticut River in East Hampton by Jason Montanez. That was in 2020. Another channel catfish, same length, caught in the Connecticut River, much further up the river in Hatfield by Kenneth Langdon in 2020. We got another tie for crappie. We've got uh, one caught in Lashway in North Brookfield by Matthew Menard in 2019. You know that guy? Oh, yeah. I know Matt Menard. Oh, you he know was, Matt? Uh, All right. Yeah, I I think you've met him actually at the I shop. Think so. like, the name sounds so familiar. Like I know a bunch of Menards, but yeah, he he was like the angler of the year, um, right around the time I had the shop. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, twenty nineteen, eighteen and a quarter inch crappie, and then another eighteen and a quarter was caught in Putnamville Reservoir in Danvers by Thomas Melanson in twenty twenty. Um, lake trout record is thirty four inches. Coming in at Wachusett Res by David D. Simone in 2020. Landlocked salmon was caught in uh, Quabbin Reservoir by Gary Morin in 2018. That one comes in at 27 and a quarter inches. Largemouth bass. 
Get a little four-way action going here. Get ready. I'm going to give listeners, get a pen and write down these, these pawn numbers because I know you're going to do it, but they've already released this information. That's fine. Largemouth bass is a four-way tie. All of these at 25 inches. All right, 25-inch largemouth. Um, one of them caught in Mashpee, Wakeby Pond by John Galsalves. John Galsalves. That's 2017. One caught in the same pond by Dylan Town in 2018. Um, another one in 2018 in White Pond in Concord by Tracy Como Bow. And uh, the last one coming in at Forge Pond in Granby by Will Pellerin in 2022. Um, which is interesting because if I'm not mistaken... It's something magical about Forge Pond. I believe uh, it's Forge George has uh, spoken on record about there being a nine-pound largemouth. That's the pond record there, which is it's it's impressive. (laughs) Apparently never registered with a stick. Seven-pound males chasing her around. (laughs) Seven-pound males. That's right. That's right. How did he know that they were males? I'm not going to go there. You can see the little balls underneath them. That's what it was. Uh, let's see. So that's uh, Northern Pike. We have a tie for both of them from the same pond. Uh, we've got Northern Pike comes in at 45 and a half inches. Both of them. Both fish caught at Anota Lake in Pittsfield. Uh, first one was by Ashley DePauli in uh, 2017. The second one was Craig Strong in 2021. Rainbow Trout uh, caught in the Swift River 27 and a quarter inches. It's a giant rainbow. That is a giant rainbow. 27 and a quarter inches caught the Swift and Belchertown. David DeSimone in 2021. You're going to see this name show up a lot. A shit ton. Um, Smallmouth bass. Take a guess what the record smallmouth is for Massachusetts. 22. What do you got, Joe? I'm looking right at it. It's not fair. Oh, you are? Yeah, it's not fair. It's fucking wrong. Uh, 23 and a half inches. Caught ah, at, I was going to say 23. Caught at the Wachusett Reservoir by Zachary Aquino in 2020. Uh, Sunfish comes in at 13 inches at Wright's Reservoir in Westminster by Griffin uh, Sobolewski in 2021. Tiger Muskie comes in at 34 inches. Caught out of Pontusic. By the one and only David D. Simone in 21. Tiger Trout comes in at uh, 25 and a half inches. Ashfield Pond in Ashfield by David D. Simone in 2021. Walleye, we have a three way tie. All of them coming in 29 and a half inches. All of them caught in various areas from the uh, in the Connecticut River. Um, first one in 2018 by Michael Taylor. Second one in Turner's Falls by Jason Wingrove, and, and both of those two were in 2018. Then last year, or not last year, 2022 rather, Michael Taylor went in again and uh, got a, tied the record at 29 and a half for another walleye. Um, and these were both in Holyoke, uh, the ones that he caught. Are are there any other bodies of water in Mass that have walleye? Off the I top of my are. head, I th- yeah, I, I can't think of I any. I don't know. Um, you know, at least for Bofin, I know the, is it the Taunton River has them? Taunton or so one of the rivers out by yeah. Taunton somewhere has has Bofin aside from the Connecticut River. Yep. But I don't think anywhere else in the in Nashua Mass River has Bofin. Bofin. What? Are, are, the Bofin in, are Bofin in Nashua River as well or no? I don't believe they're in the Nashua. Gotcha. No. Gotcha. Huh. It would make sense. It's very swampy, but. Yeah, you would think. Um, and then, I mean, there are I some it, I thought Nashua. it was a you know, in East Hampton. But that's a tributary to the Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Well, as far as, as far as walleye, that's probably it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think that is about it. Bill Galekas chimes in. He goes, "Not sure if starting my day with you guys is a good or a bad thing." Uh, Bill, we're on the fence ourselves. To tell you the truth, we're a little on the fence. You know what? What's we're not that? sure if starting our day with Bill Galekas is a good or a bad thing. How about that, Bill? <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> Let's jump down to the next uh, white catfish. Uh, white catfish comes in at 26.5 inches caught in Turner's Falls on the Connecticut River by Benjamin Halkett. That was in 2015. And this is one of the ones, Sean, that you had had caught and you were like, wait a minute. This seems like it's before the catch and release records. Um, yeah. So t- I don't know if that was a typo or, or what it was or, you know, that shit can happen. Uh, white perch comes in with a tie at 18 inches, both of them from the same body of water, the Wachusett Reservoir. Um one by Prince uh, Dukley in 2018. The other one in 2022 by John Cecilini. Uh Yellow Perch comes in at 16 and a half inches. Uh, one of them caught that's in. huge. Yeah, that's a big ass yellow perch. I thought I had a state record when I caught like a 12 or a 12 and a half. That, that one, I think it was in the October. And I looked it up and I was like, fuck me. That's, that's way off. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, ye- yellow perch comes in 16 and a half inches. Uh, one of them at uh, Kunameset Pond in Falmouth uh, in 2015 by Peter uh, uh, Brundret. Um, and this is another one with that asterisk because the date seems like it's pre catch and release records. And then the next one was caught in Long Pond in Plymouth by uh, Mark Mohan Jr. in 2016. Um, yeah, I, I just like so we, there's big fish, is what we're getting at here. They're there. You just, you know, I, I, I feel like that is the element of fishing where luck plays the biggest role. You know, how big is that fish that you're near? Do you happen to be, be, you know, in, are, are the big fish there or are you just catching the little ones? And it's, it's one of those things, but it's crazy to look and see, like I fish a lot of these bodies of water. I mean, in, in here, um, you know, WWLP before this list starts, they go, if you want to try your luck and catch the next record size fish, according to current records, some of the best areas to fish are the Connecticut River, the Oxbow Pond, Anoda Lake, Quabbin Reservoir, Swift River, and Littleville. Those are all some of my favorite bodies of water to fish. So thanks, WWLP. Fuck you. <laughs> Doubly. Yeah. I'm going to hit you guys with some funny shit. You ready? Hit me with some funny shit, please. Got a good, got a good time winding up. I, okay. It's an, ed- it's an educational tirade for those of you folks and, well, for everybody inside and outside of Massachusetts. So the catch and release program, I believe, started in 2017. Yeah. Okay. So prior to that, it was catch and keep two divisions, youth and adult. Yep. So if you wanted to get a state pin, mm-hmm. which let me briefly go on to a tangent for everybody not aware of this, a state pin, Massachusetts will give you a state pin. There's a minimum length or prior to 2017, yep. a minimum weight. You have to submit. You have to get it at a certified way station. Yeah. Hence me learning all about scale certification prior to 2017 because yep. I had it done through my town just in case I ever caught anything that was big enough to get a state pin. When 2017 and the catch and release program hit, the, the submission criteria is completely different, yeah. but the pins stay the same. There's a minimum length versus weight. Mm-hmm. You have to take the picture like you just described on a measuring device that should be straight, but I think there's some leeway. There's some wiggle room with that. Yeah. I don't, I'm not quite sure. Um, on top of that, um, you have to do the submission, which is all online, takes two seconds, which is nice. Yeah. And then if you get the minimum, 
they give you a state pin saying congratulations. Uh, there's this little bronze pin, and um, it's got a little picture. It's got a little engraving of the fish on it, and it has the length on the backside. Yep. Um, I have one of those pins. What's, That's it. Just one. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a second. And I, I I've been doing this, you know, f- since it started. So mm-hmm. the there there is a a, a note I want to make on this. You can have the fish's mouth wide open and pinch the tail on it. Oh, There's yeah. not anything saying you can't do that, which is fine. That's why you see, you know, four 25-inch largemouth. I mean, yeah, with their mouths open and their tails pinched, they're probably 25. Yeah, if like you one of those might have standard, a closed mouth or something, but it, since they're not counting that. With 20, 25, you know, so when you look at like, after all the experience I've had with the, the, we'll call it the KBF standard that seems to be filtered down everywhere mm-hmm. where they can pinch the tail to make it longer as long as you're not shown pinching it but the mouth has to be closed um you don't see large mouth under that criteria generally break 23 inches in mass generally yeah, i'm yeah. i'm sure there's one or two here or there but this state sponsored contest open the mouth pinch the tail it's all good that being said um so i've been like i said i i got on this program from the get go <laughs> that's where i'm at how many is that? Seven, one, two, 25 three. pins. How many do you have yeah, across? Rosa seven. Rosa seven. Yeah. Seven, yeah. 25. Seven across. Yeah. So I've got 25 and one of them is from Connecticut, that gigantic carp. Yep. But um, I with, feel like within I was this, part I got one. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 of them are bass. And I believe those are all largemouth. I don't yep. have a state. Small mouth pin, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine pickerel, a crappie, and a northern pike. So I'll take it. And then, you know, the carp's in there too. They Connecticut does have a pin, um, catch and release pin program, as we've detailed on the show yep. over the years. You, the amount of hurdles you have to jump through to get a state pin from Connecticut is ridiculous ridiculous it par, is par for the course for the nutmeg state yeah way yeah. to go connecticut but yeah. so that's how that works um i think the program's great um and when you see people getting that the, the gold pins are for the biggest fish of each category for the year yeah. so if if there are a hundred largemouth bass submitted and all of them are up to 24 inches and one of them is 25 inches the 25 gets the gold yep then there is the angler of the year as we mentioned which is the most the most species pins across everything. So yeah, Dan, you could have taken a you could have taken a picture of that and gotten a pin for it. So I, I want to pop. We'll we'll get to that one in a second. Um, Paul Russell says, uh, Timmy, my son just got a bunch of pins this year uh, for his seven point eight. He he caught was his catch was catch and release. If he kept and killed it, it would have been a better reward, which I don't agree with. I'm not sure exactly what the reward is for the catch and keep and. Uh, or, or, no, it's the same. It's the same program. Gold pin if he killed it. Oh, so it was just it was it would have won that category. It would have won that category for the. I see. I see what you're saying. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's the catch and the catch and kill thing is going away. Yeah, um, it's eventually going to just you know, filter out. This people, will be the way you just, submit your fish. You know, for yeah. for any kind of records, it makes sense. And then, you know, Dan says, "I released my 9.4 largemouth. We need those breeders." You're damn right. And then he goes in Central Mass. 
uh, is where he caught it. Paul Russell chimes in. He goes, Timmy would have gotten a gold pin if he had killed it. Yeah, that's what it was. He didn't want to kill it, so we released it, which is, I think, the uh, when you're catching a fish of that size, you want those genes out there. You know, release that one and catch a couple of 14 inches and have lunch. You know, that's smart. Yep. Just, and I said, I said that program's going away. I don't have any inside information. It's yeah, just no. Generally, as a trend for angling, <clears throat> people aren't killing bigger fish. Yeah. You know? yeah. Unfortunately, we're uh, we're getting into the uh, Massachusetts fish killing season with the ice fishing derbies. Yeah. Well, well, eventually that'll start to trickle down there because I think that. And there's two things going on. Like, I'll use this as, as an example. I was having a conversation. This was back in October with Becca um, about the upcoming 24 season and everything. And I was like, you know, this is wrapping up. It's been so much fun. She's like, you guys should look into doing ice. Like, just like make it a, an ice derby, you know, something like that. And she's like, catch photo release would work for that, wouldn't it? And I'm like, absolutely it would. And there are tournaments that already do that. The thing is, is like, ice just complicates things. You have a shitty season and you put all this work into a tournament that's not going to work. Or like, you know, even uh, as from a retailer segment, like Joe has experience with this. Like you uh, purchase a, a bunch of stock for ice fishing and like it isn't as great. And you're like, fuck. I mean, great. Like you have all that that you could then sell for the next year. But it's like it's a challenge. It's I think when anytime you're dealing with snow, there's a little bit of a gamble. You know, anytime you're dealing with winter, there's a little we, bit of a gamble. How How's it going to be? I, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we did the catch photo release tournament uh, or a derby, ice derby. That's right. I had OGO. Yep. And it's the only it's the only one that I uh, I know of that's ever been done in the area. No shit. It was it just, a pain in the ass, but we got it done. It makes so much more sense um, to do it that way with ice because it's like you've got a nice flat surface right there to measure the fish on. <laughs> you know, it's like put your board down, measure fish, yeah. bloop, good to go. You know. Yeah. I mean, really, in the, those the only thing that we could we couldn't really enforce is mm -hmm. uh, what type of measuring device they had. You know what I mean? It was just so. I mean, there was like three hundred people. You know what yeah, I mean? And, exactly. Uh, exactly. All all types of different measuring devices, which was whatever. Did um, you? Um, all I cared about was the fact they were releasing. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Exactly. And it's that's that's the whole thing too. Especially was that a charity event that you guys did, or was that just straight up tournament? No, that was straight. That was straight, straight up, up tournament. Hundred percent. Hundred percent payback. Gotcha. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, I remember when when that went down, man. That was awesome. And I think that like you can look at the other platforms. Like I remember when we were working with Fish Donkey with the Chronic Trips tournaments yeah. way, way early on. You would see ice tournaments in there, you know, that would pop we, up. We did them. We did an ice tournament? We did several. I had to stop them because there were only like three people getting involved and they were all almost always driving to Maine for it. Were we? Oh, Jesus Christ. And that's exactly it. Then it puts the pressure on. That's how I worded it to, to, to Becca. I was like, look, I go, if we do something like this, I go, it's going to mean that one, either you're going to enter, you know, we're going to run registration, uh, you know, within, especially with like ice, you know, or there's going to be a lapse. We're going to have to wait until there is safe ice. So we have to make a decision when we're going to do it. Then you have to run a registration period. And if the weather turns, you know, and then all of a sudden that ice making weather kind of disappears. And now you've got people that have entered that have uh, an obligation to themselves to go and ice fish. Now they've got to travel in order to get it done, you know. And yep. you know, you know, I mean, dude, there was somebody in South Florida when we released the species list for the 2024 uh, or for the uh, for the multi-species lineup when we started changing the, the process late in 2023. 
there were folks in South Florida that were like, how come there's no peacock bass in there? And I, the only response is the needs of a few out, uh, the needs of a few are outweighed by the needs of many. I'm like, because unless you're in South America, South Florida is the only place you're catching peacocks. You know, I'm like, it, it doesn't make sense. The, the striped bass issue always rears its head, too. That one, too. too. Yeah, yeah, same thing. So it's like because you got to you gotta kind of play it the right way, you know? Um, I think I agree with you, Paul. I, I do. And I and I think Sean's right that, like, you're going to see as time goes on, the program's going to change. You're going to see – you're probably going to see this in the number of entries. You'll probably have more catch and release entries o- o- over time. And eventually, it'll just drop off and they'll, they'll get rid of the program. Dan Griffin is chiming in here. He says, uh, I once saw I saw one ice or open water was posted on Facebook. That way, if you sign up, you have an opportunity either way. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. That's another way to do it. I mean, you 100 percent. There's ways that you can make it work. You know, it's is it really worth the effort to do it? I think personally, I think blocking out like for our multi-species tournaments, I think blocking out from April to October gives a nice little break in between because you only get couple of months where then you're ramping up into like the holidays and stuff, you know, and like our content's going to change for that. Um, and then you've got expo season that's going to kick off. And then next thing, you know, spring's there. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think, re- I think we've got nailed it. Re- really in this, in this country over the past 20 mm-hmm. years, maybe more, it has seemed to me that the holiday season ramps up at, you know, prepping for Halloween. And people start yeah. disengaging from summertime stuff somewhere around mid-October. And yep. then it just, they don't pick it back up until March or April till ice out, yeah. you know, for us. And then, I don't and, know. And in other parts of the country, yeah, people are fishing, but there are certainly less people fishing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And it, fo- football season puts a big hurt on that's it. That's a big runs, one. Hunting you season. You know, September, th- yep. Yeah. September through, um, what's football? September through February is football. Yeah. People aren't doing, you know. There's Sunday gone. So, yeah, it's freaking bananas, man. So uh, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to take a, uh, a, a short break. We're going to come back. And uh, in our second segment, we're actually we're going to squeeze two two interviews here. In our second segment, you're going to hear from Doug Souza. And then we got uh, an FTG. Uh, and then we're going to take a break after that. We'll be back with Mark Serrano in the beef seat. We're going to talk all things heat your meat. He is a bit of an outdoorsman himself. We have a great conversation. And uh, we will see you guys on the back end of that. Don't go too far. We got much more jigs and bigs coming up right after of this. Jigs and Bigs wants to take a moment to say thank you to our partners for helping us continue to push the limits of our fishing adventures and bring you amazing long-form podcast content. We need to thank Dark Horse Tackle, Omnia Fishing, A Bay Lure, The Bay House, and The Ship Motel. We can't forget about Three Bells Outfitters, Torres Sunglasses, and of course, Reaction Tackle. Be sure to check the description of this podcast for any associated affiliate links or promo codes they've generously provided our listening audience. Again, we cannot thank our partners enough for their support. Please consider supporting them and supporting the show in the same process. Thanks. Hey, you. Yeah, you. 
the one with the impeccable taste in fishing podcasts. Bobby Roast Beef here with a little call to action for all Jigs and Bigs listeners. We're opening up our hotline to you. Now you can call us to sound off about almost anything at 413-324-8519. Want to submit someone for our FTG segment? Call us at 413-324-8519. Care to maybe suggest a topic for just the tip or bait of the week? Call us at 413-324-8519. Maybe you just want to give us or anyone else a little shout out on the show, or you want to suggest a guest for the beef seat. You guessed it. Call us at 413-324-8519. The Jigs and Bigs hotline is there for you to leave a message with us 24-7. Just call 413-324-8519. Also, you can check that number in the notes of this podcast. We are back. Bobby Rose Beef back here with a guest in our beef seat. We got a great one here. This is a regular, actually, that you have heard annually now for the last handful of years. We got Doug Souza with us. And for those of you that aren't aware, Doug Souza heads up the uh, the the fabled uh, Springfield Sportsman Show that happens annually uh, the last week of February in, uh, in West Springfield, Massachusetts, over at the Eastern States Exposition. Um, this is a big year for the Springfield Sportsman Show. Guess who's for? Shorty, Shorty. Doug, how you doing, man? Good to have you back on the show. Great, Bobby. Thanks. Good to be with you, man. Awesome. We're we're really looking forward to it. We had an amazing time last time. Uh, yeah. we're, we're looking to you know meet even more people and uh, do uh, some some cool giveaways and stuff, and probably going to do some raffles. It'll be a whole lot of fun. So we're looking forward to it. We we love our booth over there. But let's talk. I mean, forty years is amazing. When I think back to forty years ago, I mean, I was uh, I was in first grade. I think that might have actually been the first year I had ever gone to the show. I think my dad actually might have even taken me that that first year. It was pretty, pretty amazing. And I remember being amazed at just the sheer amount of, of uh, stuff that there was to see. Now, granted at that time, you know, I mean, you know, little kids, they think everything that, you know, they're experiencing, it's, it's all brand new. It's huge. Let's walk through some of the history of the sportsman show. Like what, what's kind of changed from back then? What did the road look like as we got up to year 40? Wow, it's it's been a heck of a road too. Yeah, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. my dad and, and two friends started the business forty mm-hmm. years ago. I and I've been thinking about it a lot lately myself, and I like to say the show was born in a blizzard. Uh, yep. Uh, forty years ago, my dad uh, he was you know writing for the Springfield newspaper, but didn't have a lot of cash, and yep. he needed uh, he actually needed my financial help because I was uh, flying around the country work for a company. And anyway. That's the history, and and the history was that uh, they opened the show in a snowstorm. My dad had put money he didn't even have into getting it started, yep. and uh, I, he opens the door the very moment, the birth of the Springfield Sportsman Show, mm-hmm. and he opens the door. There's no one there, oh, absolutely Jesus. no one except for snow blowing across his face, and and now he hangs his head, and he is really, truly just depressed. Defeated, uh, yeah. He said said he's walking around the building and and wondering how he's going to recover from this, you know, because there was a lot of money for him. And uh, there it was, proud of about 50 people. 
hovering, uh, huddling rather, uh, uh, hiding from the snow. Yep. And uh, of course, we had Boyd as the spirits, and he marched them into the building, and that was sort of the birth of it. And I, and you know, over the years, I thought, well, that's a Sounds like a great story, but my dad's a writer, so there's a lot of BS that flows out of the sure. man. He's gone now two years, but, uh, you know, I, I knew enough about my father to know that he had great stories. And yep. Then one day I met a guy, and he says, oh, I've been to every single show. Really? Come on. Every show? Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, every single one. I said, the first one? He goes, yeah. He says, me and a bunch of people were huddling from the snowstorm on the side of the building. Your dad comes marching around. You know? So it confirmed that uh, uh, if we can be born in a snowstorm, born in a blizzard, mm-hmm. that, uh, the show's going to make it. And But we have a lot of great stuff going on, and things have changed so much over the Definitely. years. Uh, uh, one of the things, and, and, and you're part of that change, is that uh, uh, we're getting more in tune with uh, – uh, uh, podcast people and, mm-hmm. and influencers and, yep. and 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 all sorts of cool stuff that we never, uh, you know, we're trying to move with the times because we need uh, uh, young people to be involved, people yeah. to that are that are using all the modern electronic media to 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 get into their sport and enjoy mm-hmm. their lives and, yep. and 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 know more when they can't actually go out to do it. Yeah, uh, you're part of that, and we. And uh, we're, we're moving in that direction ourselves. It, it's amazing how, you know, something that, that people think is is so simple as the outdoors has really kind of grown and adapted and kept up with technology. It's a couple clicks, you know, oh, b- yeah. behind, but it's it, it really is kind of ramping up. You just look at the amount of, of, of outdoors folks that go and they turn to something as simple as YouTube to look at on their phone, to learn oh, yeah. Yeah. some kind of a new technique or a craft or something that they're trying to perfect or get information on to learn. And it's done so much. It's really taken the things that like you kind of had to wait for, you know, an event where you were going to see all of these other hunters or fishermen to share ideas yep. with yep. maybe that you don't see all the time. So now it's like, it's, it really, it is really kind mm-hmm. of amazing to see it all kind of happen. Um, is there anything coming up for the 40th show that's that's unique or special or anything anybody that should be looking forward to? Well, you know the old saying, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Well, mm-hmm. there's something uh, something old is we're bringing back Buana Jim with his wildlife show, and everyone loves it. I don't care oh, who you awesome. are. We're all, we're all kids at heart, and, yep. and everyone loves that. And then, and then uh, there's something new. We we at the uh, Long Island Shark Man. Now, this guy. Oh, really? Has, unbelievable uh following i mean he is just uh it's crazy you know he's got 1.4 million subscribers on youtube 192,000 instagram followers yep. and and 983,000 tiktok followers this guy is just he, he's ripping it up he's and, been uh, after it but yeah. it's a lot of fun you know watching him fish shark uh uh, and all the different adventures. The mm-hmm. language can be a little bit strong on there. At oh, times, for sure. But, yeah. Shark yeah, fishing but, does uh, that hey, to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of toothiness going on there. Uh, but yeah, it, it, so we have Chris coming in. He's, he's He That's has awesome. a product to sell. He's going to do seminars. And I'm sure these seminars are going to be absolutely loaded with phenomenal photographs and videos and and and, and action, you know, That's action awesome. that people want to see. And, yeah. So that makes it a lot of fun. 
That's great, man. That's that's awesome, and and it, and it's yeah. cool. Like like that. There's something new, and and some of the old favorites are 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 yes. still around too. Like that's. Yeah. So yeah. if if you're out there, you know, and, and you're in the Pioneer Valley area, the four one three as the kids call it, you know, and yeah, yeah. and you're looking to uh, you know check out something really new and interesting for. The sportsmen of every stripe come on out to the Eastern States Exposition. Come on out to the Sportsman Show. It's absolutely worth it. I think value-wise, for the amount that you spend on the ticket to get in, you can't get a better value, Doug. I'll stand by that all day. I think this is one of the the, the best value uh, shows that you can attend. Uh, All the free seminar. Just to attend a single seminar. You know, Mm -hmm. what would it take? To, to, to go out and talk to somebody that's got all the experience in these different fields and everything else. Yep. What would it take? You know, I, I look at it. You go to McDonald's, see see what you get walking out after 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Exactly. You get an empty pocket and then hold it. But for uh, 15 for adults and five for kids, there's a lot of things to see and do. We, we've been very fortunate to add a lot of cool kids type stuff in there too so it really is a family friendly event but you can also find uh exhibitors from around the world oh absolutely uh selling trips hunting and fishing trips from across the other side of the planet and that's that's what's amazing yeah the variety that the depth of what uh, is available to see and do Mm mm-hmm i think that's awesome let's talk you know you mentioned some of the seminars in here and uh I, I love I'm looking at, at some of the stuff that, that you have in here just in the fishing seminars alone. Yeah, um, we've right. got some really, really great stuff here. We got Al Gag there, which, by the way, Al yeah. Gag recently received. I forget what the award was or the honor that he yeah. had received. What, what what was that? Was it? Yeah. Uh, he was inducted into the. Yeah, he was inducted into the Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame. That's amazing. And that's out in um, Haywood, uh, Hayward, uh, Wisconsin. But uh, uh, Al. Al, talk about old something old, something new. Here's yeah. Al has been with us from day one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Al has been part of the, the show for, for 40 years now. And here, brand new, yep. he's inducted into the fishing, uh, uh, International Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame. That's amazing. Uh, we tip our hat to Al. He, he started out making shard, uh, shad darts. Shad darts, way fishing. back. Yeah. Yep. And, and he'd, he'd take his wife's fingernail polish and, you know, he'd cast the little lead jig heads and then uh, 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 paint them up in and, and pretty outrageous colors compared to the standard stuff that was out there. Oh, for sure. And uh, so he calls my dad one day, and, you know, my dad being the uh, outdoor writer for the Springfield newspaper, mm-hmm. they're out in a canoe and they're fishing. Well, doesn't my dad get a ripper on the line? And he's fighting, he's fighting. Fight. Well, he loses it. He loses the 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 jig head, and uh, you go, man, what a fight! That that had to be a a monster shed. You know, that's what he's thinking, but it didn't fight like a shed. Well, the next day, there's a report that this uh, there was a and he wrote it up, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, it might have been a couple of days later. Come to find out that uh, this jig was hanging out of the mouth of an Atlantic salmon. Now. As really? rare as the the uh, uh, Atlantic salmon are running up the Connecticut River, that's what had happened. He had fought an Atlantic salmon right there in Holyoke below the dam. Yeah. And the fish ladder, they found this salmon. In, and they look at every salmon because that's uh, millions of dollars have been spent trying to restore the salmon into the river. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, 
So anyway, my dad ends up writing it up and uh, and and told everyone. He, he actually coined uh, uh, gags originally in gags grabbers. He, mm-hmm. he he says, uh, look for a gags grabber next time. Well, Al took that and he ran with it. And oh, he you does, got to. He gives my dad credit for uh, having given him the start. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 Al is a, a longtime family friend and yep. a great fisherman. Yeah. And uh, boy, he people don't know it, but Al Gag is quite the carp fisherman. He used to pull monster carp out. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that below, before. Just below Springfield, Al was the man. No kidding. He was That's good man. to know. Yeah, he, now, he had his own his own formula for making a bait ball. Yep, and it was a. Cornflakes, uh, oh, Jello okay. or Kool Aid, yep. and a couple other ingredients. But he'd ball them up. He'd make these balls and and uh, and uh, go out there and catch some just absolutely awesome carp. That's awesome. I, you know, it's so funny. This year specifically, I carp fishing has kind of piqued my interest a little bit. I had gone out and I put together uh, a, a combo, you know, with a with a like a six thousand size uh, bait runner, and you know, I've I've learned, yeah, you know, yeah. tying some of those rigs and stuff, and it really is it's a whole other ball game, and that's what I love about you know specifically fishing. There's so many different dimensions to it. Like you take oh, yeah. you'll take a guy who's an, an iconic angler locally, Al Gag, which very few people yeah. know this, but for a very short window of time, Al and I were coworkers. Um, oh no, kidding! Well, yeah. I, I worked at Channel at WWLP when, uh, oh, and he did his cool. segment there. So technically, yes, contractually, yes. Gone, we're kind of coworkers. Gone fishing with Al Gag. Yeah, I remember <laughs> what that. A great, what a great show! That was so much fun. Oh, it was fantastic! It was fantastic. So we've got yeah. Al's doing a seminar. Do you know what he's covering? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm sure it will involve because uh, his. Um, his real success lately in the lure world is his whippet eel. Yes, and these these whippet eels, they, they, the 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 striper fishermen have just been blasting it. You know they they've been having a great time, a lot of success mm-hmm. on his whippet eel. So I'm sure the the seminar will involve how to cast and where to fish the whippet eel. Yep. Uh, 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 you never know what else going to come up with. Though. Yeah. He's, what a creative guy he's always been. Uh, just out there and fun. He's great to be around. Uh, uh, people really ought to take the time mm-hmm. to stop by his booth yeah. and shake his hand, get your picture taken with him. He's a real icon. He's he's a gem of the Springfield show. Yeah, uh, Al has just been just he's been the man for the longest time, and it, it's so uh, wonderful that that he's been with us yeah. and he's developed and and done all the. The, the awesome stuff that he has. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. He, amazing guy. Made lots of contributions to, to fishing in New England. Um, oh, absolutely. But yeah. going down this list of other fishing seminars that are speaking, yeah. we've got we've got Chris from Long Island Sharkman. He's going to be doing yes. the seminar. We've yep. also got uh, David Pickering. Now, now David, oh, David. Yeah. in this image on the website, he's holding uh, a good-sized carp. That's got to go 18, 20 pounds, something like that. <laughs> That's a good-sized carp. I would doubt carp. it. Um, what, what is David going to be covering or, or has he, you know, uh, suggested what that's going to be? Is he covering carp fishing? Right. Yes, he is. He, he does, uh, uh, two different seminars. He does a striper seminar mm-hmm. 
and he does a, 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 a carp seminar, and he's always done this for us. But every single year, his information that he gives yeah. is brand new. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely brand new. Yeah. So all the photos that he shows, all the mm-hmm. information he gives, everything he does is brand new. That's and, uh, cool. Uh, but hey, you know, north of us here, Bobby, uh, yep. on the Connecticut River up north, there are some amazing, huge carp. I mean, the, the, the Connecticut River is really known for it. I, oh, yeah. I know we have plenty right around the Springfield area, but uh, you go up north on the Connecticut River, and there is some amazing carp fishing. But, yeah, David, uh, he is such a favorite. We can't – I mean, why change it up when so many people like Yeah, you know, absolutely. He, he's one one of our absolute top uh, seminar uh, attendances and he gets it too like you said like the information he's bringing like it's like a living oh. show so it's yeah. there's there's yeah. New, there's updates and edit, edits that have been made you know and and new information that he's bringing out there that again yeah. if nothing else adding more value to what you're getting by attending the sportsman show oh. <laughs> yeah oh just one of david's seminars i mean if, if you were to go to a a specialty fishing seminar mm-hmm. event you're going to spend a hundred dollars in and uh, uh, you get to see David for once. You get him twice here, and you get him for uh, uh, something as wonderful as his his, uh, his striped bass fishing. Mm-hmm. He is, amazing. and you know the the beautiful part about David is he's humble. He's straightforward. Mm-hmm. You're not getting a bunch of smoke and mirrors. You're getting the how to of it all. Yeah, you're getting the, you're getting the real uh, deal. A guy that's oh the real deal. Yep. He's just awesome. Really a great guy. That's awesome. We've got Jerry Sparks doing yeah. another seminar, which is great. Oh yeah. Um, yep. 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 He, he's our uh, our kayak bass guide. Yeah, Jerry's been out there for a long time doing it. He's originally a Springfield boy too, but he's oh, out really? on the Cape. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he does the kayak fishing all over the Cape, down the mouth of the Connecticut River. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's always bringing out the uh, uh, clients. Uh, yep. He's he represents a lot of um, uh, uh, a lot of manufacturers. He's a pro for a lot of people. So yep. he's he's the guy doing it. That's awesome. You've got uh, yeah. You got Spencer Cookson, our buddy from Berkshire Bass. Yes, doing this is great. We're excited. We 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 love what Spencer's doing over here. Um, We actually, everybody at the show, myself, Sean, and Joe, we entered one of his tournaments that was on the Connecticut River on on Memorial Day, and we haven't shut up about it. It's been great. Um, We (laughs) both were abysmal as far as the uh, the leaderboard showed up, but uh, we had a good time, and it was a lot of laughs were had. So Spencer's doing some great stuff. We've had him on the show. Of course, like if you're looking for mega bass and stuff locally, he's your guy. Um, oh yeah, you know yeah. over over yeah. check out his booth for sure. If you're looking for Vision One Tens yes. or, or Mag Drafts or anything, like he he is your guy 100. percent So Spencer, we're big big fans of. Um, oh, you should be yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And then you know, I mean, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was gonna say uh, additionally, uh, local waters. You got uh, Skip Bryant. I was and, uh, just going to mention we wouldn't be good. it yes. wouldn't be uh, the Springfield Sportsman Show if we didn't have Skip Ryan in there. <laughs> Absolutely, you know we, we pride us we pride ourselves on bringing someone. It's not some uh, necessarily a, a big national guy, even though we've had a number of them. Oh, years. for sure. A guy, a guy like Skip, he's doing tournaments. He's fishing your local waters. Uh, uh, he's done it. You yeah. know, he's just he's out there getting it done. Working. 
blue-collar fisherman. Yep. I mean, I I wouldn't even be surprised if he launches a boat today. He's that type of guy. Oh, yeah. No, 100% he is. I got to talk to him a little bit in between uh, seminars last year. And just like he he is, he's a wealth of information. Um, He did a seminar a number of years ago. I think it was just pre-pandemic about jig fishing. And I was like, yeah, I want to listen to what he has. I learned (laughs) so much. Uh, oh, in that Great. one one seminar, I highly recommend it. Yeah, and then of yeah. course we've got Pat Kelly, which oh Pat, yeah, my, my man Pat, yeah, yeah. Great guy. Uh, Pat is fantastic. And, you know, I want to give a little shout oh. out to Pat. I appreciate Pat showing Please. up. He comes out to uh, on occasion to one of my trivia nights every once in a while. And I think he just yeah. kind of gets a kick out of watching me operate the crowd and everything. <laughs> it's 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 really fantastic. I've gotten to talk to Pat. I actually got him some jigs and big stickers. Uh, the last time Ooh. I saw him, it was, I think it was right around Christmas. And uh, just, I mean, just an absolute great guy. You want to talk about somebody who is dialed to, like, the local uh, really, really the local community in every sort of facet, but certainly with the outdoors, Pat's a wealth of information yep, yep. and, and oh, yeah. real committed to getting like uh, inspiring young folks to get out there and fish, which I think is just uh, commendable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think hey, that's and, awesome. and, you know, uh, additionally, a guy like you, yep. you're like a, 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 a connecting, uh, a conduit. To, yeah, for sure. You you know so many fishing people, uh, and uh, folks can come out and see you right in your booth and talk to you right there. And, yep. Uh, uh, boy, we uh, we love having you at the show, but uh, I think we we do pretty good. We we round out a pretty good um, uh, fishing uh, offering for, I for agree. people coming to the show. We we try to balance, you know, yep. hunting and fishing and outdoor activities, uh, uh, and I think we do pretty good. We. We we have some guys worth coming to see. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious about some of the exhibitors this year. Are there a few that stand out that are maybe new that people should pay attention to this year? Oh boy. <laughs> well, you know, um, and then on the gun side of things, we we have a, mm-hmm. a Sig Sour that's out of New Hampshire. They're they're new. They're coming in, and uh, uh, they're a lot of fun to. Uh, uh, see their, what they offer and made in America and the whole bit. Oh yeah. That's a blast. Uh, uh, gee, I, you know, it's, it's sort of overwhelming for me because I'm dealing with this stuff on an everyday basis. Exactly. And, and so some of it, it, it uh, unfortunately, it turns into paperwork for me or oh, yeah. work. Yeah, but, it, uh, it. I mean, last I, last year was an amazing year. We had we had a ton of fantastic exhibitors that are out there, and I mean, if if things are just continuing to grow, that's a good thing. Yeah, we you know we we really we almost lost it during the COVID times. Oh yeah, we 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 almost didn't come back. Uh, two of my partners uh, uh, up and retired. They said enough's enough, and and I understand that, and I get it. And, yep. Uh, I've taken my wife on board uh, uh, to work with me in the office and stuff like that. And a good friend of mine, uh, Johnny Jesus, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Charlie Green. And, um, uh, you know, we're, we, we're a small company that can do big things. Yes. And we're, we, we've been punching at it for 40 years. We go in the ring and we, we give it our very, very best every year. And, and you know, some people say, "Oh, well, you know, you don't have this, or you don't have." I can't make anyone actually come to exhibit at the show. Yeah, they have their own agendas. You know, people say, "Oh, how about this?" and "How about that?" Well, you know, 
if they can come, they're going to come. They're going to be there. It's it's the biggest, strongest show in the Northeast. Yeah. You know, people understand that. They recognize it. They know that there's phenomenal people that are coming through the door to see what they have Mm -hmm. and uh, buy their goods or or, or hire their services. You know, we really try every year. I'm always constantly looking and probing and, Mm. and, and, and inviting people to come and be part of the show. Yep. But not everyone can make it. Yeah. You know, and sometimes a, a, an exhibitor that's been with us for years, uh, you know, their time is up, you know, and, oh, yeah. and other times we have new wonderful stuff from all sorts of different places. Absolutely. We have, uh, 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 we have a new exhibitor from uh, uh fishing guide and, and wing shooter from mm-hmm. down in, uh, in uh, uh, the Delaware gap area of New York. And, yep. uh, uh, and that's fun. You know, he, he, he's coming out of nowhere and says, Hey, I heard about your show. I've been th- thinking about it for years and yeah. I, I want to join you. Uh, but, uh, they come from all over the country. It's amazing. That's you know, awesome. the, 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 the people we have coming from Africa, I have a, a guy I'm working on right now who does is does charters out of Africa. Yep. Wow. Now, I, I don't know exactly what they're fishing for. But uh, he does charters out of Africa, and I'm hoping that he'll join us, you know? Exactly. You know, and it's funny, too, because, you know, I've I've done a lot of these uh, expos and different um, trade shows and things like that in the past for, for, you know, just in business. Yes. You know, and, and sometimes you're you're a situation where, you know, you know, maybe you don't have anything that you're new that's promoting or it's been one of those years where it's been more of a maintenance, just like continuing to build sort of thing. <laughs> so maybe you yep. don't have like a new offering to show off and display at one of these expos. But I'll tell you, like for a lot of folks, like the guides are a great example. And that's one of the things that we've been trying to do here at the show is kind of like light a fire under our listeners' asses to don't write off a guide. You know, if you're looking to go to uh, whether, you know, it's a fishing guide or a hunting guide, if you're looking to go into an area where you're not familiar with it, but you want to capitalize and have a great experience, utilize uh, the experience that a guide can give you by putting you on. You know, I I know that some folks, uh, especially with hunting, it's a different situation, but with fishing, especially, you know, it's, it's a lot of money to sink into uh, travel and lodging and everything else to go to a body of water for a handful of days and fish the hell out of it. And basically just throw crap against the wall until something sticks versus, (laughs) you know, you know, spend a few hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And go out for one of those days. That's got all the right gears, the right lure, the Knowing how to do it right, his success, his, his success in business depends upon the success of his fishermen going out there. Oh, for sure. Stuff. Absolutely. And you the know, things that you can learn and just pick oh, yeah, up absolutely. is it, it, it is it is fantastic. So then at least you've got yeah. that that experience. And then, you know, if you're down there for another few days, get back out on the water and see what you can do on your own. You know, there's no nothing That's saying right. you can't do that. So it's it's just it's one of these things. So we've been trying to push so hard to get guides um, on the show to talk about what what it is that they're offering, what their packages are like. And, and what I've noticed is, honestly, it's it's kind of like the Wild West with pack, with with pricing, as far as I've found. There's a guide that can fit your budget in, in almost wherever oh, yeah. you go. Oh, yes. If you just look around, yep. you'll find yep. somebody that'll fit your budget. And it's, yep. you know, it's it's I think it's highly, highly worth it. Um you know, just look yeah, at like I, I, you could take you could take and have uh, two half day trips. Let's say up in uh, Lake Ontario, mm-hmm. 
catch some browns, catch some monster oh, browns. Yeah. I, I, I fish Lake Ontario a lot. I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be able to fish all sorts of species, whether it's oh, yeah. ocean or, or smallmouth bass up in Maine or yep. New Brunswick, uh, Canada, or, mm-hmm. or, or uh, uh, walleye up in, in northern Quebec. I've, I've taken a, and been on a lot of just absolutely superb trips, and it it, it really is an adventure, and, and it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg, these yeah. guys. Uh, you know, so you spend 400 bucks for two people for half a day to go out on this guy's half-million-dollar boat with yeah. half-million dollars worth of gear on it, you know, and, and it's just worth it. It's, it's yeah. so much fun. It's like treating yourself well. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right, and it, it's it's funny too. It's like like for for us at the show this year, our, sort of our goal, you know, last year was just more like meeting people, shaking hands, like introducing yeah. people, had questions about the podcast, and obviously we're going to do all that. Like our goal this year is to really bring as much information as we can and educate people about our our national multi species scavenger hunt tournament. That we've oh. been hosting, and this is the first year where every yeah. single month we're not working with anybody else. So every single month is a Jigs and Bigs online tournament, um, and it, it we've we've changed up the rules so that it's really about catching the most diverse amount of species possible. So that's sort of what we're going yeah. in for. And you know, I'm going to be obviously answering all kinds of questions. We're going to have a video display, kind of giving some information, and also with quick, easy signups, so you can get more information about it when things go live. Registration opens mid March for the April tournament. So it should be an absolute blast. Um, I, so like, it's, it's important. You go in with, with some kind of an agenda, something that you want to kind of talk about and, you know, but also for some of those folks, it's important to stay in there so that you're visible all the time. You know, um, there's something to be said for that too. So if you're, let's use, I'll use like a Bay lure lab as an example, because we've ended up turning into great friends with Chris and Christina from a Bay. Um, you know, they're a great example where, you know, they by being there every time folks will see uh, the 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 evolution in the baits that they're offering in some of the, the changes that have been made as far as uh, items that come up. But specifically with a bay, because some of these items are one of a kind. So, yeah, like, you know, like like a, like an A-Bay lure lab where they're 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 showing up and, you know, displaying all of these baits. You have an opportunity to get something that's really, really rare and really, really unique um, to throw into your tackle box or your arsenal and kind of have some fun with it. So yep. I think I think definitely for some of these exhibitors, making it a routine to be there on a regular basis kind of builds a little bit on that engagement of people in this other area. They'll at least pay attention, you know, when. They're looking yeah, for yeah. a product. So it's it's definitely a good thing. Um, let's talk as far as like some of the I'll tell you, we we talk a lot on this show about food. And and one of the things that oh. we have noticed about um, the one of the things I should shouldn't say that we've noticed, we've known this for a long time, but one of the things that we're the biggest fans of uh, at the Springfield Sportsman Show is the the exotic jerky. Um, <laughs> and I got to tell you, folks, if you aren't going out and, you know, getting uh, and, and at least sampling like some kangaroo or tuna jerky, y- you're failing at life. You got to get out there yeah. and make it happen. Um <laughs> You know, there's I know that there's a lot of people that will look at some of the exhibitors that are well, I like to call them outdoors adjacent, you know, Um, but it's funny because you'll have these 
these topics where you know you'll you'll see something like something that comes to mind for me is um I forget the the name of the company but they do these uh these off-road like uh small camp trailers uh, like the yeah. like absolutely amazing and and it can be yeah. it can be a little bit dangerous cuz in the mindset of like hey maybe I want to buy one of these but it's one of these <laughs> things that like you can utilize this as inspiration to figure out where you want that adventure to take you you know? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, think that's yeah. Awesome. I, I agree. You know, after every type of uh, well, not every type uh, hunting and fishing type of adventures, and I love yep. whether I'm in a tent out in the side of a hill somewhere, or I'm mm-hmm. at a hotel and I show up, uh, Lottie dying, you know, to Nothing jump on board that. a boat. You know, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 getting out there—that's the whole thing. Yeah, you know. Get off the couch. Get yeah. off the couch. Go. Go 100%. do it. Enjoy it. So, and, and part of enjoying it is knowing what you're doing when you're out there. A hundred percent. And that's where I think uh, where we come in. You know, in, in so many ways that just to uh, have that experience by knowing where to go, what to do, looking yep. at it, talking with the right people. You know, it, 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 don't be afraid if you've never done it before. To come to the show and check it out. Yeah. If you've ever had a curiosity, maybe you come with an open mind and you say, wow, you know, I've never done that. Yeah. I'm going to ask more questions. And then, and who knows where it leads to, you know, it, it, there are some people at the show with unbelievably expensive trips. Okay. It's $50,000 to go for 10 days. Mm-hmm. But then again, there's another guy. We have a guy that's coming in that is a uh, uh, fly fishing guide yep. on the Swift River. And and he is, he's fantastic. I'm trying to get him on the seminar schedule. Uh, but uh, this guy will take you out, uh, get you up to your knees and, mm-hmm. and, and, and swift moving water and, and show you how to place that fly right where that, uh, that trout is, yep. is, um, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the leeward side of a rock and, and, and looking for that easy meal coming in and uh, boom. Now you're in action. You're having fun. You're out there. You're 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 you're, you're battling. You've used your wits and your, yeah. But getting off the couch, getting out there and doing it. Oh, it's boy, important. I can. That's it. You yeah. know, it's true. It's definitely true. I'm glad you brought up the Swift River, Doug, because I have uh, some good news. Yes. You 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 probably remember last year I I, I divulged that uh, the Swift River I've had a chip on my shoulder with despite growing up right near it <laughs> and fishing it for a good chunk of my life. Um yeah. I can say successfully I have found success at the Swift River. Ah, nice good. Yeah, I, all it all it took was I, I had always been concerned about cuz my kayak, I don't know if you've seen my kayak. My kayak's enormous. It's almost 14 feet long. It's 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 a bass oh, boat for one. Too. Huge. Yeah. I, I have a I have a thirteen point eight uh uh old town sit in uh predator. Oh there you go. Nice and and yeah, I I I know what you mean. Yeah. I like having stuff in my boat. Yep. I want my food, I want my lures, I want three rods stuffed underneath the deck. Yeah, you <laughs> want to be able to have everything right there. So what I had done yeah. was this this last, I think it was like September or, or early October, I had gone yeah. and you know, again, this this multi-species scavenger hunt tournament, really I needed yeah. to check a few species off my list. I had plenty of rainbow trout. I needed to get some browns yeah. or brookies, and I was like, Brookies. Oh, yeah. I got to go to the Swift. So I, yep. I launched my 
boat right at the ramp there um, in uh, in Belchertown, and I I went yes. upriver as far as I could. Yep. Until I got to the yep. first laydown that went all the way across, and I just yes. did a float down. And I, I I went down and I I hooked up on on a couple of I actually even even caught a largemouth um, <laughs> when I was further nice, down. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. This is great. So this year, the change has been. Are you familiar with uh, BFS fishing? BFS. Be a bait Sounds finesse system. But- so what it is, is it's yeah. like ultralight bait casting is really what it is. Okay. It's super yep. light casting gear with these reels yep. that are unbelievably light, super shallow spools. And I, uh, I, I, I use two pound test on a swift. Yep. Oh, yeah. On my spinning rod. Yeah. So I had, uh, I was like, for me, like holding a spinning rod all day long, like it just leads to some carpal tunnel. And and I'm like holding a, holding a bait caster, or at least switching between the two is a little bit better. So I was like, all right, we'll fool around with this. We'll see what we can do. I had gone out there multiple times. This first trip, I I had caught a couple of rainbows and uh, I still have yet to catch a brook. But that's happening. That's that's going to happen this year. And uh, yeah. I, I had uh, another day I had gone out specifically just to harvest rainbows. And I caught these two beautiful 18s. Um, and I was amazed that my boat was actually not too bad. In this, this, this second day I'm speaking of, there was a lot of traffic on the river. Like a lot of yeah. folks, um, you know, uh, guides out with clients in their boats and stuff like that. So right. it was yeah. a little little interesting to kind of maneuver and stuff, but got it all done. I, I couldn't believe it. So now it's, it is, it is finally that the, the, the chip has been filed down. It's gone. <laughs> and now that, that's going to be my, my go-to trout spot, you know, especially when I'm looking uh, to take yeah. a kayak out for sure. Yep. So yeah, yep. we'll fool yep. around with that a little bit. But I figured I was like, yeah, he, you know, I, I should tell Doug about this. He'll 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 be he'll be glad because you. Were, I, hey, I'm I'm a big fan of the Swift River. Yeah. You know, when you go upstream mm-hmm. and 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 after the uh, the first blow down there, and then there's a little dock on the left there. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's where uh, my buddy uh, Jolly Green and I hang oh, right there. Okay, I have caught I have caught a lot of fish right in that area and enjoyed myself and uh, watch all the fishermen go up and down, talk the stories. My buddy's always got a camera when he's sitting on the dock there. Oh, that's awesome. Make sure you stop in and you see him if you don't see me with him. I will for sure. That is awesome. Yeah. That's our spot. (laughs) That's well, that's good to know. That's a good spot too. There's a lot of good grass in that area too. I was really, really surprised at like what I was able to see. You know, I mean, the water, of course, is oh, crystal yeah. clear, but like I was really, yes. really, I was like, there's some real fishy spots that I have been totally overlooking. And this getting in the kayak definitely, definitely helps things along. Doug, this has been absolutely amazing, man. I appreciate you coming yeah. on the show to talk about it. We're looking forward to the Sportsman Show. Um, if any of you Jigs and Bigs listeners want to know more, you can go to www.osegsportsmans.com. More information is up there. They've got the exhibitor list from last year, which will give you kind of rough, a rough idea of what you can see. But make sure to check out some of these yep. exhibit, uh, not just the exhibitors, the, uh, the 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 seminars as well, because that is oh, all up to date. You can check out some information about the yep. seminar, you know, the, the folks holding the seminars uh, before you get into them. As always, if you're coming out to the show, make sure to uh, stop by the Jigs and Bigs booth and say hi for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we look forward to having folks with us. Uh, we have um, online ticket buying now. You can go oh. right on the website and 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 connect there or our Facebook page, uh, uh, Springfield Sportsman Show. There is a uh, uh, 
there's a square you can scan and and, and go to uh, buy a ticket online if you want. Oh, uh, that is awesome. Uh, you won't have to wait in line at the show. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of great stuff. And, you know, uh, uh, Bobby, I'd really like to get a couple of our uh, seminar speakers online with you here. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll connect you with a few people. I'll give you phone numbers, and I'll I'll contact them and see if they want to do it. Excellent. That sounds great, Doug. I appreciate it, man. Good. Yeah, we'll get Spencer on. We'll get uh, Skip on. Maybe get Dave Pickering on too. Absolutely. It sounds like a plan. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. All righty. Well, thank Bobby, you. Thank you so much, Doug. I appreciate you coming on the great show, man. Great being with you. Yeah. Great being with you, Bobby. Awesome. We're looking forward to it. I'll see you guys at the end of February. That's it. All right. Twenty third through the twenty fifth. I love it. Take care, buddy. You have a great one. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Bye now. All righty, guys. It's, you know, there are some folks that this is their favorite segment of the show. Like they just they they absolutely love it. And I'm I'm okay with that. That's fine. You know. FTG mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a magical place where some of the um absolute bottom of the barrel of society can land. You know, we've seen this happen with the Bass Pro Shop stuff, and uh, we had uh, an FTG that was laden with racism <laughs> last week out of Australia. Um but uh, this week we have this one is a, a local FTG, uh, which is and and something that you would be surprised thinking like oh it's a fishing podcast a, a local FTG and they haven't really had safe ice until the current time that they're recording this. Guys, I hate to say this, but our FTG this week is the Munich House, the place where we had our two hundredth episode uh, game dinner. Um, it kind of sucked. Uh, in in, in uh, one major way, I'm going to walk you guys through the end of the event. We had finished the show. Everything was great. You know, we're having a good time. Um, and actually, I want to I want to go back in time a little bit. I want to update everybody so everybody knows the full spectrum, because what I'm going to say, this this is important. So let's go back to the very beginning. OK, um, this is how it was planning this event. Uh, we did not want to necessarily do this event here. We had a, a plan. We were actually looking to do a game dinner and we were looking for caterers and other folks. So we started I, I had jumped in and was asking around um, the different venues where we were looking at because initially we were looking at different like uh, Elks Lodges and and uh, Knights of Columbus, American Legions, things like that. And I was asking about, hey, you know, we're interested in doing a game dinner. What do you what do you suggest? And it was coming up empty handed nonstop. Except for one thing, everybody kept telling me, they're like, it sounds like what you want to do. You just want to go to the Munich house and have them do it because they do this shit all the time. So I said, okay, great. So I reached out to them. Initially, I heard nothing back. I reached out again and uh, I started talking with, um, and I'm going to use the names of, of who I talked to over there. Um, I start be, just because, so you guys can keep track. So I started talking with somebody who was like either the events manager or events coordinator over there named Michelle. Now, Michelle was relatively helpful initially, had asked me some questions. I had left her some information and I said, great. I said, all this sounds, sounds good. Um, I said, we think we're going to draw a pretty big crowd. Um, spoiler alert. We didn't. Um, but I think it all came down. Like I said earlier, I think it was the cost. So we had, uh, you know, had this date set up and I was waiting on an email for the pricing and uh, the menu uh, so that that way I knew what we were working with and if what we could afford. Now, the price that they gave us, and I made no secret about this when people would ask about like, you know, oh, how come it's so expensive? Um, they gave us the menu and they said, so we normally do these at this amount, $65 a head. 
right? Which is full retail. That's what they do when they have their own game dinners. In fact, last night, the day before we were recording this, they had their own game dinner and it was $65 a head, which from what I can tell and the way it was kind of described to me is if you were an individual going, you would pay $65 and that's that's what it is. It's That's your tax, gratuity, everything. Boom. All set. Now, I said, all right, cool. So you're selling a ticket. It's all built in. Awesome. They didn't tell us that it was, hey, so for the food, it's going to be this. For this, it's going to be whatever. There was no breakdown. There was, In fact, there was no contract, which immediately, again, was a red flag. And had there been an alternative, I would have probably dropped them and gone to somewhere else. Uh, but we were kind of stuck. And at this point, we had already been talking it up, which was stupid. But uh, we had already kind of started talking it up. So we kind of were committed. You know, we we're going to see it through. Again, knowing the only dollar amount that they gave us was the full retail amount. So I know Sean and I had talked back and forth about, so how are we going to make this work for the fundraiser? We obviously have some expenses, you know, and, uh, and things that we need to cover, like the rentals, the social booth that was there. That's not my projector and screen. Um, and even if it weren't like the PA system and stuff like that, like that's coming out of my business and you know, there's, there's expenses like, you know, well, so we, we figure all of this shit together and we ended up coming up with a, a number that we were like, this is a good round number and we're going to elect to eat all of the ticket uh, Eventbrite ticket charges out of that. We're just going to eat that, you know, it'll, it'll cut into it. Great. So we start selling tickets. Okay. Everything's going great. We get down now to, I, I haven't heard anything from um, the venue uh, since we started selling tickets. I had actually sent them the information and said, hey, does all this check out? Let me know what you think. And they gave a thumbs up. Now, I should say this. The owner of the restaurant did email in that thread and said, Bobby, I'd like to talk to you. Uh, when are you available to come by? I replied and said, I can be available anytime during the day within these hours. Let me know. And then I, I followed up again with my phone number. And I said, feel free to call or text me as well. That's no problem. I never heard from this guy at all. I still have never heard from this guy. And I probably will after this. And that's fine. Um, I never heard from him. I had, uh, you know, gone and, you know, and I also didn't get any um, information from Michelle regarding the event, any changes, anything like that. I didn't know if there was a deadline for when we had to pull tickets, anything like that. So we got to about December and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I need to know this kind of shit. So I eventually got in touch with Michelle and she told me that we didn't have to worry about giving a headcount until the day before, which again, I scratched my head and I was like, that's weird to me. It's so early. You know what I mean? Or it's it's so late in the game at that point. Like, I just yeah, I I was a little confused by it. I said, okay, that's fine. It's all good. Um, we get down to now we're uh, a week out before the show. I get an email, and this email comes from Michelle, and she says, uh, "Hey, just a heads up." Um, the owner was trying to get in touch with you, but we have a 50 person minimum. And if you don't sell over 50 tickets, we're going to charge you at 50. So that's going to be what it is. So I did the math real quick, uh, as I was seething and, uh, I, I did the math and figured it all out that essentially if we were going to do this and make it work, not only would it deplete a hundred percent of the, the money that came in for, uh, veterans Inc, but it would actually leave me in the red about five or $600 you know, based on the ticket sales at that time. 
So I said, okay, that's not going to fly. I had uh, called, and when I say this, I'm serious. I feel bad for Michelle because she got the full-on unhinged Tony Soprano version of Bobby Rose Beef, losing his mind, essentially saying, listen, you have a handful of choices to make here, and uh, only one of them is going to end the right way. I said, you can choose to charge us your minimum, in which case we will choose to either cancel and let everybody know exactly why we're canceling, because it could have been done with one click of the mouse. And on the alternative side, we we could uh, you could waive that 50 person fee and we go about of our, our, our event and everything is great. Um, the other option was they could choose not to waive their fee and we might make the decision to keep going with the show, but we're just not going to be quiet about the fact that where that additional money is going. Like we're going to let people know when I tell you this, um, it took 43 minutes. I'm sorry, 48 minutes for me to get a call back, um, from this group. And I think I still have the voicemail. Yeah, I heard at 6.23 p.m. that night, she goes, uh, hey, Bobby, this is Michelle from Munich House. Just giving you a call back. We definitely are going to waive the 50 for you. He said he forgot that it was for veterans. I'm so sorry about that, but you are all set, and we just charge you how for however many people come, okay? Sorry for the inconvenience, and we hope you guys still have a good time next week. Okay, thanks so much. Have a good night. I, uh, I emailed back, said I got your message. Everything's great. Fantastic. Now, this whole time I was budgeting, right? I'm like, I'm budgeting. I'm trying to figure this out, doing the math. And I, I made the assumption that, yeah, they're going to charge us sales tax on this. You know, I'm like, they're going to charge us sales tax. So I, I had that as a buffer, you know, uh, that I was I was kind of working out. I said, OK, great. No problem. We get to the event. Now, I should say, actually, that when I got that email about the 50 person minimum, this was the day after I had done a walkthrough at the venue to figure out how we were going to set up the room and to talk about how the layout was going to work for the buffet. Nothing was mentioned to me there about that 50 person minimum. Nothing at all. In fact, it came to light. I asked about the final menu. I said, yeah, when am I going to find out the final menu? I haven't heard anything. And Michelle looks at me shocked. She goes, oh, I emailed that to you. And I was like, you did? Let me quickly go and do a search and find out where, where that is. I was like, that's odd. I don't have it. For the second time in a row, this woman fucked up my email address. This time it was after we had already had a dialogue multiple times. So I was like, you know, initially when we had this conversation about the 50 person minimum, she says, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it to you in the in the phone call that we had initially. And I was like, maybe you did. But that was in August. And you're the same person that forgot my email address on two separate occasions. So let's just pretend you'd never said that because it's possible you didn't. And she's like, OK, um, I'm getting a little worked up right now just thinking about this, because here was the real fucking kick in the ass. I go up at the end of the night and I see two slips on the bar. Most of the people have uh, started packing up and headed on their way out. The show was done recording and I knew that these were both for me. I knew that one was my bar tab, which is 16 bucks because <laughs> I didn't have enough time to even tie one on and have much for drinks. I had one beer. My wife had a beer and a soda. Um, and the other one was for approximately $500 over what I estimated um, this bill to be, including tax. Like what, where I was, where I was thinking they had essentially charged us over $400 uh, for what was explained to me when I inquired. The use of their linens. Which was never described early on. And it was never even made a conversation at all. Um, and again, because we were paying 
full fucking retail. I was, again, mistake on my part, right? Without having paperwork, I should have asked in advance, what is this going to look like? I think after everything else, they did this out of spite. It didn't have to be put on there. Um, when I inquired and I said, do you charge a percentage or something when you sell a ticket and you do your event at $65 to cover the use of the linens? And she says, no, of course not, because it's not a private event. It's in-house, which I heard as fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I also found out that this day of coordinator that we were working with that day, her name was Denise, and she's only been there for like a week. Um, <laughs> and I had explained to her, I was like, look, I go, we had an issue earlier. I was like, I was under the impression that this was what we were essentially paying, you know, and from the sound of her voicemail, she's like, yeah, you're only paying for the the amount of people that you bring in, you know. So again, I was budgeting for this. Now, thankfully, uh, we had increased a little bit of our ticket price to cover this. Um, and unfortunately, that 400 plus dollars, nearly 500 bucks, had to come out of what should have been donated to uh, Veterans Inc. Thank God that we had so many people in-house that had done a cash purchase for raffles or even Venmo because that wasn't in that ticket amount that was sold. None of it. So Bobby Roast Beef pulls out the credit card and pays that $3,500 tab and uh, walks out. Um, game over. It's all good. Now, I had handed over somewhere in the ballpark a handful of – a good envelope of cash. I'm not going to leave, expo let, let anybody know what that is necessarily right now. But I had paid uh, Christian from uh, Veterans Inc. the cash element. And I told him when I get the deposit from the ticket sales and I settle up, I will be making another online donation of those funds. And included with that, I'm going to take the Venmo stuff as well. Uh, he said, absolutely. That's no problem. Great. Excellent. Now, unfortunately, I am left with about $130 to donate. Is, is ultimately what it gets down to. It's about $130 after everything. And it should have been uh, uh, nearly $500, um, over $500 actually counting that. So like, I'm a little bit peeved by this because I, if I'm if this is my review of the Munich house, massive thumbs down. Um, I also found out that the owner of this business is another owner of uh, another business that I really love. Uh, and I am making a change to their competition because I don't want to put my money in this asshole's pocket any longer. Um, so we're just going to make an adjustment to that. But uh, I figured like uh, this is the gentlest way to go and express my, I guess, I guess displeasure of, uh, of working with them. They're, you know, um, just, I don't know. I, I, I feel, I feel like they kind of fucked us, uh, for really no good reason and they didn't have to. So I, I did mention when I was ha having this conversation a week prior, a week out before the show to Michelle, that I was not going to um, hide anything from the, uh, the the listeners. I was going to explain the entire situation and that, you know, basically, yeah, I was using that as leverage. That's exactly what it was. Sean and I had a conversation that night and he's like, do we even want to bother? Like, maybe we just talk to him and see if, if they can refund it or something like that. And I, I thought about that uh, for uh, like at the time I was like, they've al I've already told them once. And, uh, and that's ultimately what I decided is that I've already told them once. So, you know, cards on the table, guys. That's what it is. 
you fucked a veterans organization out of about $500. It's fucked up. You guys yeah, have, have any I commentary? Mean, <laughs> just, uh, you wonder what they're like. Just a hidden cost. I hate that shit I, with I, anything. I really like, do feel like it was just done out of spite. I do. I do. Because they wanted to get their way. minimum. It and, and it, yeah, way. it does. It's 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 fucked up. It is, you know. And and like, I mean, I had I had talked about, you know, it was like thank thank God. I was like, all right, I can cover this. And I'm gonna cover it, you know. And and make it happen, but like they knew they had me bent over a barrel that I had to pay that tab before I even left. You know what I mean? And I was I was I was budgeting for about five hundred dollars under there. Again, like if they sold that ticket, they're not charging tax on that ticket to the customer. They're not. Um, that ticket, they're not charging the use of linens. They're not even. They're not charging anything. You know, for that ticket, other than that ticket price to the customer that's going there, like. I understand having a minimum, like, and, and I had a conversation with a friend of the show about this, and they were like, well, from the restaurant side, I understand them having minimums and such and everything like that. And I said, no, 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 that's fine. But you got to disclose that shit. Like, if there was a, a and, and I'll be honest with you guys, really, what what, what should have gone down, and in hindsight is 2020, we should have canceled this event in December. We should have canceled this event in December. We should have just done a, a live stream and raffled off those prizes on the live stream and sent everything out is what we should have done. You know, and that's, that's, that's bad on us. You know what I mean? That's bad on me. Not even you guys. That's on me. You know, that's really what should have happened. Um, and what I do think is humorous. If there is something funny about this, it's that this, uh, day of event coordinator day of Denise and she, again, absolute sweetheart was trying her best. And, uh, she was actually talking to me, having a conversation as if the next time we do a live event, we would actually fucking go to their establishment. She was like, oh, the next time you do one of these, we could just do it with a different buffet to keep the cost down lower. And, you know, kind of you'd probably have more people. And, you know, oh, when you do good things in the world, they come back to you. Well, you know what? When you do shitty things in the world, that shit comes back to you, too. It does. It, it works both ways. So, you know, just for what it's worth, if you want quality German cuisine at uh, affordable prices and an atmosphere that is wonderful. Go to the student prince in Springfield, the fort. Don't go to Munich House. Fuck the Munich House. Yeah. <laughs> Joe. Double, yeah. double yeah. Double yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for you guys to chime in and say something, but I know I've already said it all. Yeah, um, there's, there's not much else for us to say, I yeah, don't think. Yeah, I the was only so glad, Joe, that you were not there when that check came because where Sean and I had a conversation, I was like, oh, somebody's going to get choked. <laughs> and I had enough in me to do it, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, yeah, somebody's going to get choked out. Oh. I was like, when uh, when when the, the whole 50-person minimum thing came through, we all three of us got our heads together and said, well, the option was on the table. Does this yeah. go or does this... Do we do we follow through? And we all said, "Well, fuck it." You know, even if we pull a little bit out, Veterans Inc. wasn't expect they could have. You know, Veterans Inc. would have been happy. I think getting a they got a lot of attention that there's a lot of people in the fishing community are now aware of. Yeah, um, Veterans Inc. and yes. what they can do. Yes, exactly. And there's a positive side you know, to this. 
Christian, Christian's been around long enough. He understands that, you know, some fundraisers might bring in X amount of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Some might bring in a hundred. Either mm-hmm. way, when we were walking out, I said, let's, you know, we had a number and I said, think of, think of how many groceries that's going to buy for their food pantry exactly. for vets that need that. Yep. I said, yeah. so let's not get overboard. Like, Hey, we had a lofty number. That's great. We wanted to hit, but like mm-hmm. anything, anything will help. Yep. So, yeah. Um, and that's why I'm saying, like, it, if, I, I feel like if, if I'm upset about anything and clearly I am, but it, we, we did raise a, a decent amount of money. It just should have been that much more that we should have been giving to them. Yeah. And that's, if anything, yeah. honestly, I think the best, best way to describe it is if anything, I'm just disappointed that they pulled this shit at the last minute and ultimately reduced our effectiveness, you know? Because I keep thinking yeah, about yeah. that. I'm like, you're right. Yeah. X amount of money was going to buy X amount of groceries, but more money would buy more groceries. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I'm just disappointed. I kind of wish, I kind of wish now that I stuck around, but I had to go, uh, I had to go help put Josh to bed at my house because uh, he was just feeling a little under the, after, oh, after so the, you had the dark house sleep over. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, John Hagens chimes in. And he was like, would a VFW have been a better venue? 100% it would have been. And that was the goal initially. Yeah. The, again, I, I don't know if J- John may have missed this portion of it, but there were really no other options if we were going to do a game dinner. And I'm glad I, I'm glad we did it. I'm never going to do it again. We'll, ne- we'll just, you know, yeah. it's 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 not, not going to happen. You know, we'll do another more traditional buffet that can be done. Like game, I get it. The game dinner is expensive. And that's why I was like, okay, fuck it. That's the price. We're going to do it. We're going to sell as many tickets as we can. Because again, like I didn't think that there was a minimum at all. There was no contract for me to refer to. Nothing. I wasn't given anything like that. I didn't sign anything other than the fucking receipt <laughs> when they charged my credit card. You know, thirty five hundred dollars yeah. or whatever it was. Hindsight, um, hindsight's twenty twenty, yeah. like you said. I mean, we all put our heads together that you know what was that week before, and we all chose, uh, you know, collectively to be like, no, nah, let's let it, let's let it go, run its course. Yep. And uh, I thought that they were, you know, they now were. We know, yeah, exactly. And I do. I feel like, you know, ultimately that's what it was. It was just like the last dig. Like, what, what can we do? What can we do? You know. So it's fucked up. It is 100% fucked up. Yeah, a uh, VFW would have been a better move. Um, I think I think we're going to play around with stuff. I mean, we have a good relationship with uh, Nathan Bills We did where we did the 100th episode. Um, Sully yeah. over there at, had, had asked me all the time. He's like, when are you going to do another one of those fishing things? And I, was, I explained to him, I'm like, we generally do them for like milestone episodes, like something like that. But I mean, shading, changing over into a different... Um, you know, doing the holiday party, making it an annual thing now just makes it an exercise of going and, and booking this stuff and saying, OK, hey, we're at this time of year right now. Let's go ahead and block out this date. We'll make it happen. And then, boom, we'll make it all work out nice. I don't know if I'm going to make it a Friday or if I'm going to make it a Saturday or if we're, we're going to do it on a Sunday. Who knows? You know, but it's going to it's going to be between like I'd like to go December 1st and mid January. You know, uh, yeah. that is a trend that some folks do with holiday parties is they'll do them after like <laughs> first of the right. year. Right, 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 um, right. But again, it's it's tough. There's a lot getting people to go out that time of year. And, and that that frightened me, too. Between New Year's Day and and like Really, the entire month of January, getting folks out to an event is a challenge because they blow so much on the holidays and they just kind of want to recoup a little bit, you know? So, uh, live and learn. We figured it all out. 
Yep. Yep. <sighs> now we know. Yeah. Now we know. And knowing, hey, knowing is half the battle. Am I right? That's right. Uh, guys, we're going to take a short break. We have uh, we have Mark Serrano, owner, proprietor of Heat Your Meat. Um, did you guys know that the Heat Your Meat seasoning is actually almost as old as Joe? That's how long that recipe's been around. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. That recipe's been around a long time, and uh, we're going to dive into it. We're going to talk about a lot. We're going to talk a lot about food. We are going to talk about the outdoors, and uh, we got all kinds of good stuff coming up. You guys don't want to miss it, and we will see you in a bit. Don't go too far. Hey, guys. Bobby Roast Beef here from Jigs and Bigs. You know, if there's one thing I can't stand spending money on, it's on something that's not versatile, something that I can't get a lot of use out of. I want to talk to you about Frost Buddy. What Frost Buddy is, is uh, it's one of those can coolers. I've seen these before. In fact, I have some that are limited to only fitting one specific size of can, like a standard 12-ounce can. I stumbled onto Frost Buddy, and I was blown away with it. So versatile. Fits standard cans, tall cans, slim cans, and even 12-ounce bottles. And the magic is the insert fits all of these items in various stages within the insert. And when you take that out, you can fit a full 16-ounce Tallboy can. In fact, it even doubles down on being versatile with the coffee lid. And on my recent trip to Chickamauga, I had a field day with this thing. I was throwing beer cans in it. I'd have coffee in the morning. On the drive, I was throwing in all different sizes of cans for different canned coffee products to keep me awake on the long drive back. It, the thing was amazing. So I recommend you check out Frost Buddy. If you're in the market for either a travel travel cup for your coffee or a can cooler at all, either one of those, check it out. For the money, you cannot go wrong. What I've done is this. In the show notes for this podcast you're listening to right now, if you look there, you'll find a link to Frost Buddy where you can get yours. And not only can you go and get your Frost Buddy there, but you can help out the show as well. Go and uh, visit that link in the show notes to this podcast. Check out a Frost Buddy. Tons of colors, tons of patterns, all kinds of great stuff. And it's a great spot to put your jigs in big sticker too. Take it from me, Bobby Roast Beef. You're going to get the most versatility out of this one product, probably out of anything you're ever going to buy, especially for anything that you're drinking. Frost Buddy. It works for me. I'm a happy guy. and Bigs is your favorite fishing podcast, right? Why not show the world how much you love the show while directly supporting us? We have men's and ladies' shirts, hoodies, and a variety of hats. We even have a waterproof outdoor Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to your favorite podcast while out on the water if you like. Check out jigsandbigs.com slash shop to visit the store and gear yourself up. If you really can't get enough of this show, consider becoming a jig head and joining our Patreon. It's a subscription that gives you exclusive access to recording sessions that allow you to engage with us as we record the show. We also have some exclusive content there just for our jig heads and even have some special promo codes. Space is limited, so join now at jigsandbigs.com. Finally, if you're local to our area in Western Massachusetts, consider checking out the Western Mass Fishing Report posted weekly at northeastwildwoman.com. We have amazing contributors providing great content and info for local conditions and what's been going on and working recently. Jigs and Bigs, so much more than just two lightly roasted hippies trapped in the 90s arguing on the internet about fishing. All righty, guys. 
guys, Bobby Roast Beef back here with us. We got a great little interview segment here. I'm excited to have this guest in the beef seat. You know, it is not every um, every guest that I, I have on the show that I, I have this feeling where I'm able to freely and without any restraint whatsoever dive into the topic of, of food and, and, and culinary art. Uh, and, and this is one of these situations because I have had many conversations with this man. I'm talking about none other than Mark Serrano. Mark is the proprietor of the, uh, the, uh, dare I say world famous, uh, heat your meat seasoning, um, award. It is award-winning. It is. And multiple, multiple varieties, uh, are award-winning Mark. Awesome to have you, dude. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Um, thank you for I am I am going to fanboy out like a little bitch for most of this right here because <laughs> our relationship has blossomed in a way where your products have literally become a daily usage multiple times a day for me. Whether awesome. whether it's the the uh, either two varieties of the original heat your meat that or the mild or the SPGs in like everything. And I think I kind of found a cheat code with that Dalmatian rub, that that uh, barbecue uh, rub, which is pretty awesome. I mean, I haven't refilled a salt shaker or a pepper shake or a, or a pepper grinder in, in months. And I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm proud of it. Um, but there's more to it. Like, you know, I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're out there with with heat your meat, obviously getting the product in stores and, and, and killing it online. And, and people are excited. At our recent 200th episode, we had this this amazing and thank you very much. The, the the prize that you had supplied us with was absolutely amazing. And we've got some stuff for you guys in Columbus as well. But uh, it was a buzz. Like people were in the crowd. They're like, I want to win that that heat your meat bag with all that stuff in it. I want to get all this. All the, I want. I want to add a little spice to my life. And I'm impressed, dude. Like, I really, I'm one of these guys where, so we're going to dive into this conversation in a couple of seconds. Let's just get right into the food. We'll talk about the outdoors and stuff in, in, a, in a bit. But like, so I love spicy food. I do. I, I prefer the flavor element of items that are spicy versus like it just being like, like just put your ass on the floor type heat, like just blowing it totally out. Um, That's exactly how I feel too. I, I yeah. you know, a lot of the times I'll, if something's really, really spicy, I'll tolerate it if it's mm-hmm. flavorful. But yes. to have something that's just melt your asshole out just to be hot, I see no reason for it other than self-defense. Yeah. There's no reason for anything that hot. Yeah. It's more, if, if anything else, it's, it's like novelty, you know? And, right. and I understand that. And like, there's a relationship with with spicy foods. Like it's all about when you're using an ingredient, like what's the ratio you're adding in there? Like I like to say this all the time. I dabble with hot sauces all the time. And you know, now that, that something like hot ones is becoming something so common in the discussion with a lot of people, it's nice because now we have a, a benchmark other than like, well, is it hotter than Tabasco? Cause you've got something that people are trying these things. And I'm going specifically to one very specific sauce, the bomb. Um, <laughs> The uh, well, I forget the actual the full name of it, but the, the bomb beyond insanity is the the one that that we've tried, and and the the dudes in Hookset Hoodlums and I we've had a little challenge like in 2020, um, and that I tend to think is one of the one of the hottest hot sauces up there in my life. That is something that people have had on a regular basis. Now it is delicious, but to eat it by itself is not the move. Like no. you know, a teaspoon in like a giant pot of chili, you're right. living life. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and you're still. 
and I, I love the reaction that folks are having with your products that I was like, there's no, I, you know, some of these folks, like we talk food and I'm like, they're not really that adventurous spice wise. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of impressed, but the beauty of it is, is your stuff is, is easily controllable. You know, it doesn't yeah. dominate the flavor. It doesn't take over a dish at all. It's just, it's absolutely, I feel like I'm kissing your ass right out of the gate. <laughs> but it's, well, it's true. The, uh, the, the, the thing that I always say is that it's, it's not, I get kids that come up to me when I do farmer's markets and mm -hmm. I do fairs and I do shows and stuff. And I always get this, this teenage kid that comes up and goes, what's the hottest stuff you got? Uh, oh you know, yeah. It, it's not about, and I always say, you know, if you're looking for a hot pepper challenge, this is not it. That's not the, you know, yeah. It's not the point. This is about flavor. Yep. And it's got a nice level of heat. Yeah. I said, so if, if, if you, that's what you're looking for, then, then you can move on. But if you try it and you like it, then make a judgment from there. So then I always get the, you know, the kid will dump it in his hand and he'll lick it and he'll be like, it's not that's that really, hot. That's really tasty. Yeah. It was like, it's got a great level of heat. And, goes, yeah. and then 99% of the time, that kid will end up walking away with a bottle or two. Which is amazing. Cause like ideally, and, and that's what I love about it. Like with your product specifically, and we've had this conversation in the past, you have the, the, um, the, the original heat you meat, like the I would say the flagship sort of seasoning. Uh, that's the one that my dad came up with mm -hmm. over 30 years ago. And that's oh, really? the one that the whole shooting match is based around. The, that's the reason why the company started. That's why I started the company in the first place yep. was, my dad's original recipe. And actually, a funny story. It's not even, it wasn't even to start the company. It was yep. to protect the name, Heat Your Meat. Ah. I didn't even, I wasn't even planning on starting the business. All I wanted to do was protect the name, Heat Your Meat. Yeah. So I literally started an LLC. I trademarked the name just to protect it so no one could take it. Because yeah. my father came up with the name as well. So I didn't want anybody just taking it. That so, makes sense. And then it just became a vicious cycle of me trying to recuperate the money that I had spent to get into up it. Trademark and that, so yep. it just a big, just a giant barfing of money. So, but now mm -hmm. at this point, it's paying for itself. So perfect. I'm, I'm very happy with that since it's such a side hustle for me. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not a full time gig. It, it may be when I retire, sure, but not at this point. Yeah. No. And, and I mean, I, that's, that's completely, completely understandable. It, I didn't realize that the recipe went back that far because what's interesting is like in the, the, the food culture, like the habanero, like I remember I used to work in produce in the mm -hmm. mid to late nineties. Yeah. Like more in the late nineties. And, uh, when I was there, like the, the selection that you could find and, and I mean, this was kind of like more of a boutique grocer, it was a local right. local farm that I worked at, so they did, they tried to have as diverse the amount of uh, uh, as diverse a, a, a amount of produce that they could offer. And every once in a while, we would get a delivery that would have some chilies on there, and there'd yeah. be habaneros. And I remember my first uh, experience with a habanero. I was probably like 18, 17, 18, something like that. And uh, the guys were like, oh, yeah, we'll see if we can get Rob to eat one of these. Because they would mess with us. Like, you'd get the new hire, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah dude, have you tried ginger? Oh, my God. And you just try to get them to eat stuff that was, like, unbelievably strong in one one way or another. So I took a habanero. Yeah. I'm like, they're really good, huh? And I ate the entire thing. Like, popped it in, broke the stem off, and ate the entire thing. My, my face nearly exploded 
But the thing is, those dudes did not expect me to like that at all. And I was like, oh, this is nice. I can get in, into this. And it was my first experience with the habanero. I'd never even heard of one at that point. So like, yeah. but now habanero is starting to get more into the fold. But what I love about your products is like the mild is not a watered down version. The mild is like a totally other flavor profile. So if you're going to buy the the flagship seasoning you might as well get the mild too because that's all about the jalapeno which is an entirely different flavor and can yes you know to use the two in conjunction i've done that before too and the, mm -hmm. the results were delicious and there's no yeah. salt in either of those so whereas like i like I'm a, I'm a big i'll give you a perfect example one of my favorite seasonings to use in a lot of dishes is cajun seasoning Flavor God makes a really, really great one. Um, who else? Uh, obviously, Tony's. But yes. the biggest uh, ingredient that goes into everything, salt, is usually first. So Absolutely. It, it's tough to go. What's nice about what you're bringing to the table is if I want to add a little bit more heat and a little bit more season, a little bit more flavor without increasing that salt level too much and having it overtake the dish, I can do that, and I can use this as a way to kind of kick up that Tony's I'm using in that Cajun pasta I'm making, and it works yeah. beautifully. Uh, let's get into the origin, sort of, because I, I, like I said, I didn't realize that this recipe had gone that far uh, into the into you know into history. Really, tell me a little bit about like let's start with with the the products and how they kind of came to be and and the road that we got here. Like, how were you introduced to all this stuff? We'll talk about the outdoors in a bit as well. So, like I said, my father had come up with this recipe well, I'd say about 35 years ago. I was still, I was still early in my high school years. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, actually, I think I was in like middle school. Anyway, anyway, I date myself. Anyway, uh, so he came up with this and he comes upstairs and he tells my mother, oh, I just, I, I, I just got heat your meat. And my mother's like, Andy, the kids are in the house. What are you talking about? He's like, no, no, I, I, I made the seasoning. It's awesome. It came out great. You go, you know, my father doesn't like any sauces or anything. Where you yeah. know, for me, the meat is just a vessel to get the sauce to my mouth. I'm a sure. huge of sauces, but he doesn't like he doesn't like sour cream. Mm -hmm. He likes vanilla ice cream only. It's but it, which is odd because of the versatility, you know, the variety of spices that he likes. Yeah. Everything else in this is plain. Yeah, but um, so he came up with this to put initially on a steak. Gotcha. To give it flavor and heat, and again, not a not a huge component of salt. Um, whereas, and I'm the same thing. I don't even put salt on my eggs. I, yeah. You know, it's my mother always breaks my stones all the time. She's like, "I could not put salt on eggs. I just don't like it." So, but came up with this, sprinkled it on pasta on uh, steak, and then next thing you know, he's got it. He's sprinkling it on pasta. He's sprinkling yep. it on on fish. He's sprinkling it on chili. Everything. Yeah, and. What was funny was this recipe is a recipe that I have adapted to make it commercial. Gotcha. If if I was to recreate my father's original recipe, it'd be like sixty bucks a bottle. Oh, because he yeah. had he had he would go around from farm to farm and grab chocolate habaneros, Scotch bonnets, uh, you know, serrano peppers. Mm -hmm. He would grab habaneros. He would grab all these different types of peppers, grind them down, mix them, and then the 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 bouquet and yeah. the flavor was absolutely insane, but not marketable. Yeah, because 
of all. I mean, you can't even get a lot of those peppers in powdered dried form unless you did it yourself. And I would need a whole plantation in order to make a bottle to turn yeah, so, to turn it out. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I, so I ended up with the, the habanero as a base. Yep. I just want everybody to try it. I want everybody to enjoy it. I yeah. don't want to burn their face off. I just want everybody to enjoy it. Yeah. So far I haven't had one person say that tastes like shit. Yeah. Everybody says that's got great flavor. A lot of people will say, yeah. you know, wow, that's too hot for me, but, it's got great flavor. Mm-hmm. And even some of the people who say it's too hot still buy it. Because like, it, it oh, is. It's really good. It absolutely you know, is amazing. They'll use it or they're like, oh, my son, my, my, my sister's boyfriend, whatever. He loves hot stuff. He'll love it. So it ends up being purchased anyway, even though that person doesn't particularly like yeah. spice. Um, so he would take it literally everywhere. We'd go to restaurants. He'd be sprinkling it on, and, and it was the ritual at dinner that my father would sit to my left. Every day we sat down to dinner at five o'clock. That's yep. what we did. We're yep. Italian. We every night five o'clock dinner. My father sat to the left of me. He'd sprinkle it on. My mother sat to his left. She'd start sneezing. My brother sat to her le- his left. He'd start sneezing, and then it would hit me. So it was just this round robin of choo 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 choo. Yep. And it was, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, all right, Dad, we got it. We got the sneezes out. But oh, that's great. It was, uh, yeah. So it, this, and it's just got such a versatility. It's just, yeah. it's just amazing yeah. how it, it, it's, you can literally use it on everything. Oh, everything. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's funny, like I had, um, I had recently done a trip out where I had done some fishing specifically to fill the freezer. You know, I'd gone out and I caught a couple of beautiful, like 18, 19 inch rainbows, gorgeous rainbow trout. And uh, I went to town with the uh, SPG seasoning that you put out and uh, seasoned these uh, these fish in in the cavity and outside, pan fried them. Then I finished them with a little chili crisp and a little dusting of the heat your meat on, on top and served it over home fries. And my my oldest daughter likes to dabble with some spicier foods. Like she's got a palate that leans a little bit. My youngest is starting to actually get a little bit more experimental. Like if it's mm-hmm. a little bit spicy, she'll be like, holy cow, let me just have something on hand to kind of, you know, work around it and, uh, yeah. and, and work through it. My oldest was just like, this is absolutely out of this world. So that's the other thing too, is that like, you know, you have the, 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 the salt free, uh, ver, you know, the salt-free flagship seasonings that come out that are, are, that add just nothing but unbridled flavor to whatever you're adding to it. But you got to have other products as well. Like you've got, um, the, everything but the bagel seasoning, which is popular as hell. Like you can yeah. add that to so many things. And what's nice is it's, it's got a little bit, it's a little bit more like, like substance as far as the grains of that. So you also get a texture to it as well. It's great to right. top dips. Um, yeah. and I mean, it's just, it, it's awesome. I love that on eggs to tell you the truth. Eggs is awesome. Like, so and you go, toast. going back to circling back to fish. Yeah. Um, I'll actually take the everything bagel and, I will encrust tuna with it. Oh, I'll bet you that's awesome. And pan sear that. And on, yep. uh, and on the back of the bottle, there's a recipe for a spread and dip. Yeah. So I'll make the spread and dip and drizzle that all over the pan seared encrusted tuna. A little bit of avocado and some seaweed salad. Oh, my God. It's phenomenal. You think you're in a five-star oh restaurant. My God. And you can make it as an appetizer. You can make it as a main dish. Yeah. But I, you know, because usually when we go to 
parties or like Super Bowl, I'll make, mm-hmm. I'll get a couple of things of tuna and I'll cut them into like sticks. Yep. And do like that, cut them up, put some cute toothpicks in them and, and bring them as an appetizer. And people That's a are good like, idea. what the hell did you bring? I brought deviled eggs. I'm like, it, it's really not much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, part of it's the presentation, part of it is just like, <laughs> And it's it's out of this world. So we we've used that. The SPG, I think, I personally speaking, I think if if you're looking to reduce counter space and you're like, I need to do something with this salt shaker or this salt dish and this pepper grinder, throw them in the trash, just buy SPG for the rest of your life. You you won't be sorry. And if you know, the, the thing is, is like the SPG seasoning, I've tried them all. I really have. And a lot of this comes down to exactly like I said, trying to save space. So when I like when I camp, this is a situation where like something like SPG is awesome. It's just you can season everything with it. And it's 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 out of this world. Um, I had. uh, So I'll give you a a quick story. I was out camping recently with a friend of the show, Fishing with Becca. And uh, we I forgot that Becca. Becca is not as adventurous in the spice world. So I made this for dinner this one night. I said, look, I go, we're going, I'm bringing my dog. He's going to be too much to handle. I'm just going to set up, hang out with him around the campsite and just I'll cook. Don't worry about it. We're good to go. She's like, okay, cool. So for dinner, I made this pasta dish with some Italian sausage, some white beans, some kale, and just up for the, the only heat element I brought to it was just simple crushed red pepper. Love mm-hmm. it! Oh, it's it's a, it's a staple in my house all the time. And I apparently was a little heavy handed because because Becca was like, "This is really spicy." Fast forward the next morning, and I was like, "What am I gonna do here?" I was like, "I gotta watch what I've got for seasonings." And I had a bottle of the SPG in there, and I made mm-hmm. what do I? Oh, I made breakfast tacos. Is what I made. I- and just make a big like batch of like a big scramble like the filling, and then do the uh, tortillas on the side yeah. and. It just, it was awesome. And I seasoned, the only thing I used was the SPG. Mm-hmm. And she was like, this is awesome. This is out of this world. What is it? So I told her all about it. It's just, it's it, it it's awesome. I, I think your products are absolutely out of this world. Um, I do want to j- dive into the outdoors though and talk a little bit. You recently were on uh, with our, our buddy Frankie Provolone on the yes. uh, Slay Nation podcast now. Um, which is pretty awesome. Uh, we we love slaying what they're doing, especially with what they're doing supporting the the, the uh, lady anglers out there with the lady slayers. Um, Absolutely, yeah, they're just a great organization, and uh, and and we we love what's going on with them. Um, let's talk about your relationship with the outdoors. Like, walk me through that because that's not actually. I don't think you and I have ever really talked about the outdoors at all. Yeah, I mean, it's again from. The, the youngest of ages, I've always, always, always been an outdoorsman. I've always gone mm-hmm. fishing, dad, crabbing. You know, we're right on the shoreline in, in Guilford and, yep. uh, and, and then whoop, went down, man down. And the, <laughs> sorry. It's oh, all Jesus good. Well, don't worry about it. <laughs> so, um, we're in the shoreline in, uh, Connecticut. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple towns north of New Haven and, uh, I've been here all my life yep. and we've always gone, it's, we're more saltwater. Uh, so gotcha. we've always gone crab and we've gone, uh, you know, striper fish and sure. blackfish. Yep. I've been, you know, back in the day when there was no limit on blackfish and we used to go out my buddy's, uh, father's boat, he used to put a 55 gallon drum on the swim platform and said, we're not going in until that thing's Fill full. It. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So we out there fishing, filling that thing with blackfish and get back, fillet them up. Fry them, eat them right there. It couldn't be better. Oh, One yeah. of the best fish that there is is blackfish. 
Got to love the tautog. Little uh, self-rising flour, some buttermilk. Mm-hmm. That's I love that. Perfect. I love tog because they're the the craziest looking fish you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Like their teeth. Yeah, don't don't uh, put your thumb in there. No. You'll lose it. Go back a stump. It it it's it, it's crazy. And like, yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's the thing. I think with with uh saltwater fishing specifically, like the 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 keep and eat culture is much, much higher. And oh, yeah. I, you know, I just I mean also like I've I don't know what it is about the difference between freshwater fish. Like there's certain freshwater fish that are great eating, you know? There really are. Yeah, like white perch, yellow perch. Oh my god. Perch crappie. Oh my god. Yeah. You know? We don't have any waters around here where we can catch walleye that I don't feel like uh are, will not give me like, you know, dick cancer or something like that. Yeah. So uh <laughs> I stay away from walleye over here, but if I'm ever in the Midwest, that's what I'm looking forward to is catching yeah. like, you know, an eater size walleye. And and I've heard from everybody that walleye is absolutely out of this world. And I'll bet you with a little SPG and uh heat your meat seasoning, it, it mixed oh. in the in the now when you use your seasonings for this, I'm curious, like when you're doing a catch and cook or something, do you mm -hmm. season the protein and then season like the flour that you're using um with the same seasoning? Oh. I'll season the flour. Yep. Like when, I, let's say if I do uh, um, fried uh, weed. So Steve Martins and I from Martins Custom Baits mm -hmm. have been fishing buddies for forever. I've actually known his family all my life. Oh, wow. His, okay. His two uncles are a couple of my best friends. Um, I went to high school with them. Yep. Steve, significantly younger than I am. So I've known him since he was born. His father is one of my friends. Uh, gotcha. But he's been a hunting, fishing, and buddy since he was in his teens. Yep. Uh, but we would go out and do a uh, white and yellow perch smackdown, like mm -hmm. around no February. There's a cove by us that ice is over, and you go over there, and you could literally walk on top of them. And oh, it's yeah. almost it's almost not fun because you're like uh, uh, constantly uh, you know, managing fish. Up, yeah. And then. And it's great until you got three hundred perch and you got to go home and fillet these and sons of bitches. Clean them, yeah, yeah. And then so after you you take about fourteen dones from your back pain, yeah. Um, we'll fry them up and make pulled. Um, so you you, I'll fry them. We'll take them, I season the flour, dredge them in there, fry them up, put them on some French bread baguettes oh. with some pickles. And some of the heat your meat spread and dip sauce. Mm -hmm. It is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's awesome, man. That sounds out of this world. That sounds out of this freaking world, dude. I love it. Um, now, as far as like the future for heat your meat, uh, where do you see things going? Like, do you, do you have a sort of a trajectory that you're trying to follow? Like, is, what's the future hold? Well, like I said, at, at this point, this is a, a, a complete side hustle for me. Yep. I, I have a full-time job. I'm a, I'm a heavy equipment mechanic for, a, um, for a, uh, electrical outfitters or electrical contractors, mm -hmm. um, member of the IBEW, Local 42, okay. high-voltage electricians. I've been working for the company I work for for the past 20 years. Mm. And uh, so I'm I actually their railroad mechanic. So we have contracts with Metro North, and we replace all the catenary wire, and I fix all their railroad equipment and stuff. Gotcha. So um, that takes up a lot of my time. For it's, sure. It's, uh, yeah. uh, 
it's a demanding job. We have a lot of overtime and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, when I don't have work on the weekends, a lot of times, especially during the summer months, I'm doing farmer's markets and things like yep. that. But for now, I'm going to keep it kind of even keel. I like yeah. I, I our relationship with Slay Nation. It gives us a national reach. Um, oh, yeah. To, uh, places that I would never be able to get to um, without them. And I am so thankful for the opportunity to be able to work with them. Um, so I'll, I'll continue on this path for a little bit. And when I get another 10 years, when I retire, you know, then I'll start. We have a camper. We have a fifth wheel camper. So we'll mm-hmm. probably venture off, go around the country and yeah. hit the hothead shows, you know, places like Arizona. There's all these the hothead conventions and oh, stuff. Yeah. They do the and stuff. Hit those and, and see how it does, you know. I'll sling spices for a living at that point in my yeah. life. But at this point, I got to pay my mortgage. I need health benefits. Sure. My kids don't, you know. No, that makes sense. Know. That makes sense. So, and it's, 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 that's a good way to look at it too. It's like, I mean, what you're creating right now really is a great sort of pivot point when you're ready to make that life change and, you know, right. and go for it. So man, good for you, dude. That's, that, that's killer. Uh, and I you know, do, this, you know, I, I keep, I, my wife doesn't kill me when I'm retired. I'm like <laughs> up her ass. What what are we doing today? <laughs> yep. Yeah, definitely. You got you need something to keep you busy. That's exactly sort of why I created this, you know, was just to keep me busy. Exactly. I'm I'm busier than hell right now. And eventually someday I just want to be able to do this right. constantly. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll just basically create fishing content and, you know, work with, with other companies and and get behind, you know, different, you know, kind of just growth in general. Um But it's all gotta have you gotta have a um a happy medium too, because yeah. I noticed over the past few years, all this hustling I'm doing, I'm not able to do the things that I actually love to do, yeah. like going fishing, going hunting. You know, the you know, past three years, I haven't done any goose hunting, duck hunting, or anything mm-hmm. like that. And and uh, deer hunting is very has been very minimal. Yep. But and last year, I didn't go fishing at all, uh, except for when we went camping around yep. that little the little water hole that they have at the campsites or yep. anything but you know I, I didn't even put the boat in last year because i knew i wasn't going to use it that's that's why and you're 100 right sometimes you just get caught up in the grind you know that's right. why I, I love this it, it happens to work great this time of year for the fishing world because absolutely while like you know obviously ice fishing is its own niche if aside from that this time of year you've got expo season you've got you know folks are launching a lot of new products and things like that so so it's great to kind of like i'm sort of trying to use this time to dive in and be as busy as i can because once Mm -hmm. spring comes i I want to be out creating more actual fishing content we've got the multi-species scavenger hunt that's launching in in uh, april so we've got we've got our, our hands full over here um I do love the the fact that you mentioned like, you know, working with Slay Nation, giving you sort of like that national platform to, to speak on. The other thing that I think is absolutely amazing, man, is is you guys recently had partnered as a featured local business with Dark Horse Tackle. And Oh, that was awesome. And, I was so able to be in that in that November box. It was just the coolest thing ever. Well, and it was funny because I knew it was coming up. We had been talking with the Dark Horse guys, and uh, they they had mentioned that that was the case. And I honestly, I expected that they were going to do like a sticker run. And, you know, I mean, you've got great branding, great, great logos and great stickers and stuff. In fact, the package for uh, Columbus showed up, and it was a giant box with the, a giant Heat Your Meat logo <laughs> on the side. I was like, that is awesome. I'm like, I know exactly what that is. Um <laughs> 
so, you know, but what I didn't expect in there was to have that, that smaller, like junior sized sample bottle of the heat your meat seasoning. And what I noticed was when I, when I first opened up that box, I was like, this is awesome. This one's immediately going in my camp box, which is where it resides right now. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I really didn't, I, I guess I really didn't like expect to get, I, my immediate thought I should say is that I thought that I'm like, I can see some of the people that I know from like different areas being like, oh yeah, I'm going to try this. And then being like, holy shit, this is, cause there are, there are people that are out there that I know friends of mine that are like, if you give them Frank's red hot, they're like, ow, you know what I mean? Um, yep. or like, you know, there are people who think Tabasco is the hottest hot sauce that's out there. Tabasco is delicious. I love Tabasco. Um, I was like, I, I have to wonder how this is going to go over. And then I started seeing like Instagram posts and reels and TikToks, and people were just like, I got, you know, and they do their unboxing, and they're just like, I am loving this seasoning. It is amazing. I think, and and I, it sort of it made me reflect a little bit on my initial sort of reaction, like people aren't going to be able to handle this, to more of, mm-hmm. wow, I wonder if people are actually just like, like, okay, I'm going to go easy and find that spot. That right. where the amount were, cause that's the whole thing. Like a lot of people just, I feel like when it comes to spicy stuff, folks often put themselves in this box or they're like nothing spicy. And I'm like, maybe a little bit spicy, maybe just mm-hmm. start with a little bit, bit, bit spicy. It doesn't have to be crazy. You can't just go from zero to a, a million. No. You gotta, you gotta ease into, especially if you have no tolerance whatsoever. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't just dive into the ghost pepper. You, yeah. you gotta, you gotta start with a jalapeno and work your way up. Oh yeah, you, know, you, you can't just dive right in. You're uh, you're going to be in a lot of pain and go through a lot of toilet paper, and it's going to burn. I I've told people <laughs> in the past that like I like to use this this uh, example. There's a hot sauce because you know when hot ones had sort of blown up on YouTube and got real popular. I was mm-hmm. like. Dude, I'm, I'm going to utilize this as a platform. I love hot sauce. Like I'll just book interview, you know, guests and we'll just do this. We'll eat hot sauces back and forth. And there are, I have my list of like some of my favorite hot sauces. Like I will go, I will die on the cross that uh, dirty dicks. Hot sauce is one of the best hot sauces on the planet. Really? Oh, it is out of this world, man. And it's, it, it incorporates like a lot of tropical fruit flavors in there. So there's like a little banana and pineapple and things. Um, it's it's got really hefty heat, um, but it's just it's jam packed with flavor, jam packed. It's so good. And then, uh, but I, I love to use the example of like people will see they're like, oh, this has you know this pepper and it's crazy hot. So like scorpion pepper is a great example. There is a sauce I forget the name of the company, but they make this blood orange scorpion uh, chili sauce, which is out of this world. It's so good, but. Where on that ingredient list that the actual chili pepper falls is so much further down. So it's not this heavy dosage of capsaicin. You know what I mean? It's not like blowing you out like like crazy versus I've had other scorpion pepper sauces where it's much higher up. And that's like I'm reconsidering my life choices at this point. You know what I mean? When you try it. So but I, what I feel like about with with what You've got if for all of your offerings. I mean, even the everything but the but the bagel seasoning specifically, like that one. That one packs a punch, more punch than any other everything but the bagel seasoning I've ever had. But I love that. Like I don't have to add hot sauce, right? And it's not it's not crazy. It's, it's not, not crazy. It's not overwhelming heat, and and the heat that you get from the heat you meat is not, you know, shockingly. No. It's it's sort of time released. 
And and you know it, when I it definitely make builds. Stuff, and I give it out at uh, at shows, especially my pickles. Yep. You know, the people try them and they're like, "Wow, this got great flavor!" Oh, there it is. There's the heat. And I'm like, you get all the flavor up front, and then you yeah. get the heat. I don't know the chemical composition of it or why it does it, but it's almost like it's a slow time release. Unbelievable. Man. Yeah. I uh, I got to tell you. So I made recently. Um, it was at the 200th episode. I had, there's a couple of, I was, I was gifted from a few of the attendees at the show, some amazing food products. Um, close friend of the show, Nelson had brought me over a couple of his homemade, uh, Portuguese chorizos. And, uh, I had, I've got one in the freezer. One of them's gone already. Um, that didn't take long. The, uh, and then I got a, a bunch of, uh, Sarah Pendergast, who's a close friend of the show, loves Love Chris Sarah. and Sarah. They're great. Um, I, I don't know if Sarah is Italian or not, but she gardens like she is. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So she, I, I got in a text actually the morning of the show from Chris and he was like, Sarah wants to know how hot do you want your spicy, uh, pasta sauce? And I was like, mm -hmm. and I, I was just in a place that was not a healthy mental state at that point. You know, this is before like a big event that there's been a lot of pressure toward. So I was like, I want this to put my ass in the tub. Like, that's what I'm looking for like that. Mm -hmm. And she goes, okay. So she gave me a, 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 a bottle of sauce. One of them is the heat your meat seasoning sauce, which I, I haven't even cracked that one open yet. Cause I know it's going to be amazing. The question mark I had, she gave me this one sauce that had, it was a whole Carolina Reaper in there. Mm -hmm. and, and I was a little bit, I was like, oh God, how, how rough is this going to be? You know, cause as I get older, I find like, I can't do that stupid shit with the bomb the way I used to before. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I get a little older and I'm a little bit like, all right, so let's kind of, let's treat this with kid gloves a little bit. And, uh, first off that sauce was absolutely out of this world. Secondly, it's gone. I made, uh, I used half a jar of sauce each time I made this recipe. Have you ever made eggs in hell? Uh, pickled eggs. No, no, no. Eggs in hell. It's almost like a shakshuka. Um, no. So you'll make like, like you'll use like uh, basically like a tomato sauce with like, you can use some meats and some, you know, diced veggies and things like that. Um, I used a little bit of kale in mine. You basically cook all this stuff down, add the sauce, get everything warm through. And then you take a spoon and you basically create little pockets and you'll add an egg in each one and let them kind of just simmer in the sauce. And it's mm -hmm. great because you get the soft yolk that kind of runs and gives everything like this, like amazing sort of flavor. Well, I used her sauce. I used uh, SPG to season everything because that's <laughs> what we do now in the Bobby Rose beef house. Um, and then what, what else did I use? There was something else. Oh, the, one of the killer ingredients that I use in my kitchen is smoked paprika. Like loves that to my barbecue uh, rub. Oh, Love it. yeah. Oh, man. It's it makes everything taste like you roasted it or, or simmered it all day long. It's yeah. just it's it's the best. So I, I, I put this all together. Now, two days in a row, I, I, I ate this for breakfast and it was out of this freaking world. Absolutely amazing. Um, but uh, what are your some of some of your favorite recipes? You shared a really good recipe with me before, but I know I want to know, like some of your favorite recipes to use your lineup of seasonings. I mean, uh, my wife is actually the cook of the household. She's my, I, I always call her my own personal Giada. She's just. There you go. Nice. Awesome. I don't, I, you know, if it was up to her, I'd stay the hell out of the kitchen because apparently I'm too messy of a cook that, that, so, but I do more 
appetizers. I do yep. all, I do smoking. I'm the, I'm the, um, camp out cooker. Gotcha. So I do yep. stuff like, you know, brisket, I'll do oh, smoke yeah. things, shit like that. The queso dip is one of my go-tos. I, I love the queso dip. It's, um, you know, it's a, a block of Velveeta, a block of, mm-hmm. uh, pepper jack, some, uh, uh, thing of cream of mushroom, some, um, uh, some crushed, uh, tomatoes, mm-hmm. uh, onion, and a whole shit ton of peach or meat. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times I'll use mild because I'm making it for a party or something like yeah. that. And I, I do, um, like hot Italian sausage. I'll brown it up and throw oh, it in yeah. a tin. Dude, yes. And then I'll smoke that whole thing for like three hours. Then stir it all mm-hmm. up and smoke it for another hour or two. Oh. And it, it's just awesome. Serve it up with some of those, uh, those scoops, the multigrain scoops. Oh, yeah. Which are scoops on the freaking world. They're awesome. It's just the, the greatest. That's awesome. I'm going to have to look into doing that. I really I, am. I send you that recipe in a, in a click. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. That is, that's, that's right up my yeah. freaking alley. Sarah, uh, mm-hmm. I gave her one of, last year I met her at, our, at the uh, Mohegan Sun. And we, be, mm-hmm. we became quick friends. And uh, so I gave her one of my DIY pickling kits. And uh, so oh. she made it, and she's got her own. Oh yeah, she does. Pizza she does. So she sent me her recipe. I made them. I'm, whenever somebody sends me a recipe, I always make it exactly yes. as give it to me. So yep. I try it, and I'm like, these are really, really freaking good. They Was were like a mustard. The mustard pickle. pickle. They're out of this world. My kids love them. Uh, so good. So I made it. I tried it, and I'm like, I bet you this would be awesome if I heated it up with some heat in your meat. And so I made it again, yep. but I put heat and they were outstanding. So I got Sarah's permission. I'm like, can I, can I put these, post this recipe on my website? I will call them the Pender Pickle. She's like, yes. absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> if you go on our website, there's a picture of Sarah there with her three bells jersey and, yep. and the recipe for the pender pickle is on a heat your meat pender pickle is on our on our website. That is awesome. Oh my god. We uh around the Jigs and Bigs office, we refer to Sarah's pickles as peagles. We'll yeah. let we'll <laughs> let Sarah Sarah explain why. But yeah, those dude, those mustard pickles are out of this world. And I can definitely see where he you know, heating them up a bit with the heat your meat ought to be out of this world. I'm gonna make them. I'm just gonna yeah. make them. My my kids love her mustard pickles, and I think they would they would love them even more. With with the the heat your meat, I think they would. I, I made them and I made the original one, and I, I let my wife try them, and I so I handed her the jar, and she tried one, and she gave me a look like you you're not getting this jar back. Yeah, I'm like oh, wait wait I only had one. Wait where are you going? Where are you going? That's how yes. it is. Yeah, my yeah. Yo- my youngest daughter. I had I had a couple of them like the, for when I cracked the jar open, but once it's open, like my youngest daughter Delaney is just like mine, and she'll just go and disappear, and she'll come back, and it's like licked clean inside. Yeah, uh, it's out of this world. She's like, yeah, she's like, I finished all the pickles now. I'm just eating the onions that are in there, and it's so good. I'm yeah. like, you. I mean, I, I I actually should do a batch of that with eggs and beets. Ooh, that sounds really good. That might be interesting. Ooh. I actually do have a um, pickled egg recipe on on our website too. I call them hot Humpty Dumpties. Oh, okay, okay. I, I see. I love a, a good pickled egg. Oh, yeah. 
out of this world. My wife, not so much, but I love yeah. a good pickled egg. My goodness. Yeah. My, my wife doesn't like pickled eggs. She definitely doesn't like the result that yes. happens. From the- <laughs> That's why she doesn't like them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, so what are you having with your beers, honey? Oh, I'm having some pickled eggs. Hey, oh, good. You're sleeping out in the camper tonight. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome, man. So let's talk. I mean, you said you, you haven't fished last year uh, at all. Like, yeah. do you have anything like on the, the bucket list of spots that you want to fish? Like trips that you just have on the agenda that you're like, when I have the time, I'm doing this. So um, when I was younger, we went on to uh, – a wedding uh-huh. down in Playa del Carmen. And uh, it was a destination wedding. Friends of ours who got married, and we all went down there, and we we had the wedding. It was like a week-long wedding and reception. Oh, yeah. And we started a boat, and we fished the Yucatan Peninsula. Oh, God. And it was awesome. I mean, we were catching shit that, you know, big, giant sailfish, and, yeah. and it was just the coolest thing ever. And I, I want to go back there now no kidding. i want to go again it was awesome that sounds freaking uh, awesome dude uh, yanking in barracuda and, and it was just it was just the coolest thing ever so it, it you know, it the weather didn't didn't suck either so that was you know right now i'm staring out at snow covered everything <laughs> i know so yeah i'd love to go back to blue water and and do that again oh hell yeah man hell yeah yeah you know, la- last year I did I did one of these trips where I was like, I'm going to go a little bit down south, find some open water, do some fishing. So my buddy and I, we put together a trip to go uh, to Chickamauga. We had a great time. And this summer, I or this summer, I neglected to make any plans for this winter. So I am kicking myself in the ass for that right now. It sucks. I, I am. I do have a, uh, I'm getting out a little bit early going out to uh, Fish Lake Jordan with uh, the Jabberhammer from the Bass and Brews podcast, which will be awesome because he's he's awesome. I've never met him in person. And uh, right. we're going to camp for a few, day, few days, and we're going to fish our asses off. It should be pretty freaking awesome. But that is really, when I go on these trips, one of my favorite things is to cook and to show off like a handful of different recipes and stuff. And, um, you know, I think that I thank you because your products certainly allow me to do that and experiment a little bit more and get a little bit crazy. I think it's freaking awesome. Um, That's awesome. Let's talk uh, as far as um, I'm trying to think, like, what are some of these? Oh, you know what? I got a good question for you. This would be an interesting one. So mm-hmm. I ask this question periodically of some folks, and there's actually two questions back and forth. One I haven't asked in a long time. We're going to start with that one because I'm interested. So I want to know what your favorite chicken joint is. And when I say chicken joint, it's got to be a spot that like comes out of a gas station or has a drive-through. So there's <laughs> there's a, a gas station by us, and uh, they, it's like Chester's Chicken. Oh, Chester's there's a classic. Ch- yeah. So you go in there, you grab either a crispy chicken sandwich sure, or, yeah. or just a five pack of, of of fried or you know Kentucky Fried style yep. you know, chicken. Awesome. Oh, it's yeah. awesome beat that and you know me being a you know i'm always kind of and i i don't have the healthiest lunches all the time it's oh. a sub or whatever or whatever i can grab look who you're so talking I'll, to yeah i like <laughs> it. i'll take a five piece of the boneless please right now yep yeah so and i always carry one of the little travelers in my lunchbox um because usually i power eat my lunch by like nine and then i'm looking for something else around lunchtime yep so, 
<laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no, that makes absolute sense. It's funny. I've asked that question like to so many people, and it, usually it's kind of like a a barometer. I wait to see if they're like, uh, uh, Chick Fil A, and that's when I know it's like end interview. You know, um, but I, I've only ever had one other person say Chester's, and it was my dad. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like, dude, he's like, Chester's is great. And I guess for a while, you could get, like, fried gizzards from, from Chester's. I don't know that you can at all the locations anymore. Cause we I, ha- I don't ever seen that. Yeah, we we okay. have one near us. Actually, there's a spot in Connecticut. It's in Southington. Damn it, I forget the name of it. I'm going to look it up as we're talking here. But mm-hmm. it's like a, a barbecue fried chicken spot. It's middle of, like, like no, you, you'd never know it. It's this tiny, tiny little... Little complex. Yeah, it's it's Southington, I believe. Fried chicken, Southington. This is I am out of my freaking gourd today. <laughs> <laughs> Southington, Connecticut. What is the name of the place? It's not the hen house. Is it the hen house? No, it's not the hen house. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look this up, and I'm gonna if I can find it and remember what it is, I'm gonna put it in the last segment of the show. Is mm-hmm. out of this world, and the thing that makes it out of this world is the sides. My other question for you is this: like, let's say you're out on the water. Now, I I always say like I like to chalk it up to two things. There's two reasons to go and have a meal after you've done fishing. One, mm-hmm. either like it was an amazing day, and you just want to go celebrate, have a good one, and you know. Do so over a good meal. When I when I caught my my PB largemouth, I was with really great company. I was with Chris Tabari. We we're like, dude, let's just go get breakfast, you know. And we just sat down. We had great conversation. It was just awesome. The other side of it is like maybe it was a terrible day of fishing, and you know maybe you want to drown your sorrows. Maybe you just want to punish your body with terrible food. You know who mm-hmm. knows what it is. What is that mom and pop's stop like near your area where you're going to go to for a meal? Like what's make a recommendation for me. So 99% of the time after we go out, it's usually it's on a Sunday. Yep. And, you know, we'll take my son, my wife, we'll actually go out, we'll go fishing or whatever. And, and 99% of the time we hit Chinese on the ride home. Really? After yeah. fishing. Okay. All right. I can get down with that. But I'm like, you know what? We were fishing all day. I got to go home and clean all this shit. The last thing I want to do is prep something too. Yep. We'll save that tomorrow. Bag everything all up. But usually, and and usually I would give a couple of like striped bass to the guy at the Chinese food place and he'd give me a little something on the side. Oh, there you, you know, go. Hey, yep. So usually if we had a, if I had a, a load of crabs or if I had a load of striper or a load of fluke or something like that i give him a couple of fillets a couple of crab and you get all excited and give me oh here's yeah take this one this one's for free this one's on me that's take awesome. a two-bottle bottle of soda it's all, okay <laughs> that's kick-ass what's what's your go-to order i'm a i'm shrimp egg foo young shrimp egg foo young no kidding that's not all right all right not bad not bad i got it you yep. know it, it's funny man i have um I have this theory that I came into recently. We recently ordered I, one of one of my favorite cuisines uh, on the planet is Indian. I love Indian food. It's just it's so good. There is a, a dish that you can find, and it varies in style. It's called Chicken Sixty Five, and it's like oh. a small boneless piece of chicken, and uh, it's um, it's got like a spicy sauce. I almost feel like it's the Indian answer to like General Sos. 
I, I, I genuinely feel like it could take over as the new general sows for Gen yep. Z. It's out of this world. I just texted my wife that chicken spot. It's called the hen house. I highly recommend that, it. I know exactly where that is. Cause I, I got to drive through Southington to get to where I work. I, I've passed by that place a ton of times. That is, yeah, dude, I'm telling you, the sides out of this world, they have have they have gizzards, and it's this world, dude, it's <laughs> so good. It's so good. And tiny little hole in the wall. Cannot recommend it enough. The hen house. Definitely going to have to try that. I love it, man. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. I love it. Mark, thank you so much for doing this, dude. This is really, really fantastic. Oh, dude, no um, problem. Now, you sent us not one, not two, but three bundles for the Columbus show. So mm-hmm. I think it's I don't think it's too far fetched to say that we are bringing more flavor to the state of Ohio than the first time Public Enemy played Cleveland. <laughs> well, originally you had you had said you were doing like three lives throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And you were gonna do the um, the giveaway. Yep. And I kind of hopped on board. I wanted to you know and- we were talking about doing the the giveaways and stuff. So you had. Mentioned the the two hundred episode. And oh yeah, just a change for the year. So figured, give you those three and do with them what you wish. Oh if, yeah, you know, you, we're gonna have a good time with it. Here, if you want to do it at that one show, it's all up to you. Yep we we may we may save one to do at the uh, at the Springfield show. That might hmm. be that might be worthwhile. We might do that and uh, and do a little giveaway. Yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep one of those back because we'll be it's two weeks after columbus that we'll be doing that so I'll keep one of them in the office and then i'll put a graphic up on our screen that'll be running at the booth you should come awesome. by if you're if you're in the area you should come by i i so last year we went yep. and uh i i believe i believe we actually i think to so each other yeah i think we did you know i we, we i i had never met you guys or anything like that and we had definitely had hadn't had any interaction at the time i was there with my son mm-hmm. and uh, but we were Planning on going again this year. Oh, nice. So, Perfect. If, um, if that's the case, I will definitely swing by. Yeah. We'll definitely have a, have a, a lengthy chat. That'd be awesome. I love it, dude. Absolutely, man. Hey, maybe, you know what? You know what I'll do? Maybe I'll make some snack because that's the one thing I'm doing different this year. I'm bringing my cooler. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm bringing some snacks because I spent so much money on jerky. I mean, granted, yeah. I will I will go to the Jerky Hut and I will, uh, you know, um, it, it seems like there's always different different vendors for jerky that are in there and a lot of exotics, which I'm all about. Like kangaroo jerky is one of the best jerkies uh, out there under elk, you know, I tell you, if I'm if I'm if I'm making an point that I'm going up to the Springfield show. Yep. I do jerky. Um, oh, really? I make jerky for specific events, specifically the Guilford Fair. I always make jerky. For oh, yeah. It. A heat your meat um, jerky. I'll make some jerky and I'll bring it up to you. You let me know what you think of it. Oh hell yeah, man! That is you. You got it, brother. I love that. I have I have two different jerky recipes on my website. Yep. One uh, is the original one. It's a it's basically a teriyaki um, recipe. It's it's phenomenal. It mm. just really is. And that that marinade itself, you can use it on steak. You can use it on chicken. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's just a it's a awesome beef jerky marinade. Um, And I have another one that I replace the teriyaki with maple and fireball whiskey. It's out of this world, out of this world. Oh, wow. As a, as a jerky, it's phenomenal. As a steak marinade, it's phenomenal. It's just, it's really, really. Dude, I'll bet you on a 
turkey breast smoked. Mm-hmm. I'll bet you that would be out of this world. And then yeah. just slice thin for sandwiches. Oh my yeah. God. Hello. Mark, this was absolutely awesome, dude. Um, do me a favor. Uh, let folks know where if they want to sample your products, like where is the best place to find you? Uh, what do you recommend they get into? Go for it. Absolutely. So you can always find us on uh, heatyourmeat.net is our website, uh, www.heatyourmeat.net. That's where our website is. You can read our story, how it's a veteran-owned company. My father started it. My brother was in, you know, he's the one who made it world famous by taking it to Japan when he was in the Navy. Um, but all of our products are on there. You can get our pickling kits. You can get our everything bagel seasoning, our rubs, heat your meat SPG, and the original Andy's world famous heat your meat, as long as as well as the mild. Um, we're on Instagram mm-hmm. at heat your meat. We are on Facebook at heat your meat fans. And we also have the heat your meat hot seat on Instagram, which features all the big bass winners for the week of uh, the Slay Nation tournaments across the country. That's so we awesome. always try and highlight the big bass winners, the Heat Your Meat Big Bass champion for the week um, on that site, nice. on that page. That's freaking awesome, man. You're making it happen, dude. And I, I see, I see a good future for you in the world of, uh, of, of seasonings and improving the overall flavor in the world. I think you're making a huge contribution and I, this, you're changing the, the, the flavor profile of what Americans eat on a regular basis. And I think that's, that's awesome. So at the, at the bottom of our label, it says, Heat your meat. Andy's world famous heat your meat. It's our contribution to global warming. Warming. Yeah, I love it. Hang on, hang on. You deserve it. Perfect. Perfect. Dude, thank you so much, man. If you could, do me a favor. Send me uh, a pic of you holding a giant from one of your fishing trips anytime. Or like if you have a promo photo, even a promo photo of of the product, like you holding the product or something like that, send it my way because we'll use it for the artwork for this episode. I'll have to, I got a picture of me holding a 42-inch striper. Uh, I got to find it. It's freaking awesome. Nice. So I love it, dude. One, I got to search for it. My my old Facebook uh, page got hacked, so it got a lot of my pictures got lost. Oh, that's so shitty. I'll search for it and, and find it. I'll send that to you because that one's awesome. Awesome, dude. That sounds good. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I hope we see you in Springfield. Uh, you're gonna we're gonna be definitely pushing your stuff hard at the Columbus oh. show. And uh it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Uh I'm actually gonna be going up to uh cook a little breakfast now and and put some of your products to use. And I have to put it in an order soon. So that's gonna be coming probably <laughs> later this week. But thank you so much, Mark. We appreciate you, dude. You have a good one, and uh we'll Bye. see you guys on the other side of this. Alrighty, guys, Bobby Roast Beef, Jigs and Bigs, man, it's episode 202. We just heard from Mark Serrano. That was a great interview. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm really excited because Mark had uh, sent up a box. You know, at the 200th episode, we gave away this branded like heat your meat bag that had I think four or five different of the varieties. It was basically everything that they have on the website for the most part, as far as different seasonings available for you to try. He sent up three of those this time. So I think the plan is, is we're going to do two of them at Columbus and then we're going to save one to give away at Springfield at the sportsman show. You know, we're going to mix it up. And Mark had said uh, in the interview that, uh, or I don't know if he recorded this or not. 
I don't know if this is in the part that we recorded or not. I think it was. He had mentioned that uh, that that he may come up to Springfield and just do a walk around. In fact, we, I kind of realized I was like, I've I've talked to Mark before. We've we actually I think Joe, you might have talked to him too at the booth at yeah, Springfield last uh, year. Ship. In Springfield. Connecticut? No, no, no. It was oh, Springfield. No, Springfield. Oh, he was in Connecticut yep, too. Yep. You might have talked to him there as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, he's gonna come up and do that. Um, he may drop off some jerky uh at the Springfield booth. So that would be awesome. I'm 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 down with that. Yep. Um but yeah, great interview. Uh, I think we're gonna give away uh, a prize there. I think we're gonna give away a prize in uh in Co- two of them in Columbus. So Good stuff right there. Uh, I did also hear from Aaron, the winner of the Heat Your Meat Prize from the 200th episode. And uh, she was, I guess that was the prize. And she was like, man, if there's something up here, I hope I win. I hope it's that. And she did. So she was stoked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very, very happy. Um, man, just it was a great, a great interview. Uh, I did have something cool that kind of happened. This is like... For you fishing folks in Western Massachusetts that are listening to this show, you know, uh, this is something that it's it's fishy news that you can just geek out over. So nobody is a stranger in the Northeast to the name Algag. Algag is a fishing staple. Um, and uh, I had, uh, for a short period of time, I actually was co-workers with Algag working uh, at Channel 22. I've actually, you know, for some promos for things that he's done and stuff, I've actually worked on the production for, which is kind of cool. Um, this week, my phone rang. And this is after my interview with with Doug um, about the Springfield Sportsman Show. And Doug had gone and sent out my contact info to a bunch of folks. And Al was one of them. And Al Gag calls me up. He's on the other line of that phone. He's like, yeah, Bobby. Yeah, uh, I got a message. He's like, I'd like to get uh, onto your podcast, Jigs and Bigs. And I'm like, holy shit. Now, I have to wonder if Al would listen to this show and say like, nah. I'm reconsidering. I don't know if this is a good look for me, or or what. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take advantage of it. So yeah, he's on the calendar to record with us. So we've got Al Gag, uh, fishing royalty, and this is what's cool. A lot of folks. This was sort of a buzz locally. Al Gag was recently inducted into the Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, uh, just like a few weeks ago, I think. And like that's a big deal, man. Yeah. That's really fucking cool, and it's super cool because he's just like a dude from Western Mass that is crazy passionate about fishing, making baits, and uh, I'll tell you what, like I, I, there's just probably. I'll bet you there's a sizable percentage of anglers in Western Massachusetts right now that have an, an Algag shad dart in their in their tackle collection somewhere. You know, I'll bet you that's the situation. So I was when I got off the phone with him, I made sure to text you guys. I was like, you guys will never guess who the fuck I was on the phone with. I never expected this shit to happen. It's very, very cool. So I'm looking forward to that interview. Should be a lot of fun. Um, I've seen Al like I've seen him at the station before. Uh, I've seen him out at uh, the expos and shit all the time. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. This kind of checks like a, a a bucket list box for me uh, as far as this podcast goes, because I sort of feel like this is kind of a big deal. <laughs> you know, it's kind of cool. So I like that. That's pretty awesome. Guys, thank you for being part of the show. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to wrap up with before we we kick it to the to the outro? Got nothing. All good here. 
I got the green light, guys. Uh, we will see you guys in seven days or more speed quizzing smartphone trivia. Um, oh, we got a question here. Guy Madison says, Bobby, when will you be in Columbus? Uh, we're coming up. Uh, uh, we'll be there for the weekend of the 9th, 10th, and the 11th. And uh, we're going to have ourselves a great time. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So uh, join us wait. Yeah, at the Columbus Fishing Expo, uh, February 9th, 10th, and 11th. At, on, on the 10th, we're at Old Fields. Old Fields is a classic. Uh, Columbus Pub, and uh, we're kind of taking over there. Jigs and Bigs is doing a live recording. In fact, I was talking with Doug, and I don't know if this is going to happen this year, but we may do something like this in Springfield in 2025. Um, you were talking about the idea of of doing something like this, and, and he he's kind of interested in it, so it should be good. Guy, it'd be great to see you, man. Uh, make sure to come out to Old Fields because I've got uh, some sampler um, little uh, sample packs of Reaction Tackle Braid. You can take the Reaction Tackle Braid Challenge and find out if you like it. And uh, also, if even if you're not going, Make sure I'm going to put a link in the description of this show. You can uh, get your tickets to enter the raffle to win some fabulous prizes. Actually, while I'm thinking about it, let's talk about prizes because we have some really, really good stuff. So we have, you know, I mentioned we have a, a little a little gift pack from uh, Reaction Tackle with some tungsten shaky heads. We got a small bait binder in there. We also have uh, a, a huge pack of five inch stick baits in uh, green pumpkin. We have a uh, I'm going to I'm going to save the what I think might be the best for last um we have klondike custom creations popping a prize in there uh matt had a uh, a little snafu on his end wasn't able to get up to the 200th episode so his prize never made it to the to the the prize table so we're rolling it into into this raffle here so he's got some stuff we're going to put together we've got a heat your meat sample pack we're actually giving away two of those at old fields you're not going to want to uh miss out you know you want to enter this raffle there's some great great stuff in there uh and if if the if the conversation with mark serrano did not inspire you to want to at least sample his wares then uh, i don't know how you how you get by in life you should 100 percent enter the raffle and, and, and win some great stuff we have um three prizes Coming from Omnia Fishing, we've got uh, some Omnia swag, some T-shirts and stuff, but we also have a subscription to their app, and their app is awesome. Like, yes, there's a shopping element to there, so it kind of streamlines your ability to shop for gear through Omnia. But their app also has a lot of really freaking cool resources as far as mapping goes and, and, you know, breaking down other bodies of water. Like the layers on this are, uh, it's just amazing. And there's so much you can do with that pro trial. So the subscriptions going with that, that's pretty awesome. And then, dare I say, the, 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 the headliner, we have a Dark Horse Tackle quarterly box that's going to the winner. We have a Dark Horse Tackle quarterly box it's going to be good good stuff guys um i'm looking forward to it man there's uh this is going to be a whole lot of fun link is going to be in the description so you guys can check that out we got great prizes it's going to be so cool i'm very very excited um we're gonna have some fun joe there's gonna be a little bit of debauchery for sure you know oh lots of it yeah there is um i i i don't know what adam blomicky is thinking um but apparently he's bringing like a bunch of stuff uh, that will injure uh, the digestive tracts of of all of us, um, and I'm not talking about sardines on a plane. Like he's bringing like some pretty extreme hot sauces and stuff. I, I don't know what this is. This is going to be interesting. Okay, all right. But I'm stoked. There's a bunch of you guys that have been in the the Dark Horse Tackle um, Columbus Expo uh, group chat that I can't wait to meet. 
We're going to have a good time. And I'm going to interview every single one of you guys. Uh, Dave Erkey is going to be there. I can't wait to meet that dude. I've been talking to him like nonstop since, geez, I mean, really, really for, for months now, it seems. Um, guys, we're going to wrap this sucker up. We will see you in seven days with more Jigs and Bigs goodness. We're going to be featuring some uh, pretty amazing guests that will be at the Springfield Sportsman Show, as well as a bunch of other ones peppered in there as well. And uh, don't forget, March is going to be here before you know it, and soon after that, April. And then it's 2024 multi-species scavenger hunt season. Get it, and you're going to want to register as soon as you can. We'll see you guys. Um we will see you in seven days for more Jigs and Bigs goodness. If you're out there on the ice, you're catching fish, fish, you're out there and you're you're catching them open water, tag us in your post, please. Uh, let us know. Let us live a little vicariously through you, and uh, we'll gladly uh, like and comment and share your stuff. Every social media account you can follow us is at Jigs and Bigs, and uh, remember, you can also get your tickets for that raffle. Link in the description here, jigsandbigs.com, or if you're on Instagram, it's uh, the link is also in our bio. Have yourselves a great one, everybody. Take good care of yourself. Stay warm and like we always say that's the wrong button bobby tits and ass smoke some grass